Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The home of endurance racing, RadioLeMans.com. The Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup makes a trip to Spa-Francorchamps for the fifth round of the inaugural season of this championship. We're here at the 7-kilometre, 4.3-mile circuit, the twists and turns and the huge gradient change of this fabulous Grand Prix circuit. They've been racing here since 1922, and we have 12 cars about to compete over the next two hours for round five of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. My name's Johnny Palmer. I'm joined to my right by Graham Goodwin, the editor of dailysportscar.com. We've already had qualifying, Graham, earlier on today. Of course, the uh, Cup itself confined as far as the competitive action is concerned, to a single day with qualifying in the morning and the race late into the evening because we're now close to half past five local time. This race won't be done till 7.30. And, well, there is a, a dominant crew, you could say, the SMP Racing Ferrari, the 488, you can just about see to the left of your picture there. But it was made to work during qualifying earlier on today. It was indeed, and uh, with the cooling air from this point in, as the sun starts to head down towards the horizon at the end of this race, will be uh, ending in, in pretty much dust conditions, I think, it's fair, uh, it's fair to say here. Who knows what this might do? Uh, alongside there we've got the number 55 McLaren, and uh, that's a car that's been very much on the pace throughout the season, but has had absolutely not the luck whatsoever, and they're about to do battle over the next two hours. Uh, around this fabulous seven kilometres of pure motorsport heaven that is the Spa-Francorchamps circuit. That's the run down the Kell Strait to Le Combe. Forest, the Ardennes, either side. And then as you come around uh, through Le Combe and down the hill, the, 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 the difference in the, the gradient here, the, the, the mm. rise and fall of this circuit is quite astonishing. And if we carry on with this, with this shot, you'll see from here it just goes downhill you could lose the engine there and still complete the lap it's quite an amazing circuit quite astonishing stuff there's the 72 car pole position this is the number 55 for Hiroshi, uh, uh, Hiroshi and uh, it's, uh, who's going to start the car will it be, be yeah. going to start the car Adrian Quaife Hobbs still to come then so the what we, we've grown used to in this series this season, Johnny, is these two phases of mm. competition. Generally speaking, but not exclusively, the bronze drivers that start tend to start, which means that these guys get a good hour to learn their trade against their peers before we get the uh, more professionally graded drivers quite often to finish the race. This car, by the way, the Auto Club Excelsior Aston Martin, they're very well indeed in qualifying. Local entry from Aston Martin, from Aston Martin Brussels, of course. Is it Michael Mersch, is it Schmetzweiser that's going to start the car? Yes, a real star in qualifying and looked like he might actually snatch pole position at one point. Schmetz, a local specialist to this place and great to have Auto Club Excelsior as part of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. It might just be for this single round, sharing with Tim Verberg, uh, another Belgian driver and gold uh, rated 
against uh, or with Michael Schmetz, who is the bronze driver. Remember, you've got to have at least one bronze driver in your combination, and it's the bronze driver who must do all of the qualifying, which is a, a great element to this Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Puts an awful lot of responsibility on the arguably less able, certainly less experienced driver. Sally, you look there at the wheel of the TS Sport car, the winner of the first round in Imola. And uh, the second, Aston Martin on the grid, the 34 car. What can they do? You and Hanky at the end of the, the last round at uh, Paul Ricard certainly turned on the style. Uh, they're still in the, uh, very much in the championship hunt, but really now require the SMP racing guys to have a bad day here. So let's wait and see. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened in this championship. We have had some dramas before. We've had first lap dramas at the Red Bull Ring, which accounted for the, the McLaren. Uh, but so far, after missing the first round, the Russian pairing of Alexei Basov and Viktor Shaitar have had it more or less their own way. Uh, it's a quality driver lineup in a high quality car with a very good team running it. And that's proved the mountain decline for the rest here. There's three pole positions they've had now Red Bull Ring, Paul Ricard, and here at Spa. They've already had three wins as well, and include the Road to Le Mans race on the Saturday morning of the great race in June. That was full point scoring as well so they got 25 for winning that uh, slightly shorter race of just less than an hour the other races through the season though have all been two hour affairs starting at Imola and there is this race and one more to come at Estoril so uh, potential 52 points 51 points now that the pole position has been decided still on the table yeah, if the 72 crew can win here at Spa, that will be four wins in a row. And the pressure really on for the TF Sport crew. And the pace car is rolling. Look down onto the small front shop. Pits complex, and it's slightly slow getaway there from the 72 car. Mm. Yeah, so the McLaren beating the Ferrari to La Source on this, the green flag lap. A reminder that it is slightly different in the team's championship because SMP Racing weren't known as SMP Racing at Le Mans. It was still Bassoff and Shaitar Racing there, but they had a different car number and they were entered as AF Corsa. You can only score points um, if you keep your team name the same through the season. So, of course, they didn't score at Le Mans, technically speaking. They did score a win at Red Bull Ring and so too at Ricard. So in the team's championship, TF Sport lead on 67 points and 15 points adrift. SNP racing with their 72 car. So we could see TF Sport extend their championship lead. But they've worked to do because Sally Yollock, who I presume will start, yes, the 34 car, just appearing now at the start of the Kemmel Strait in fifth position. And he's quite a way back from that Porsche of Egidio Perfetti. That'll all bunch up there at the end of this seven-kilometre lap. It'll be a rolling start for a two-hour GT3 race. And the cars will all be, should all be in roughly starting formation as they head out of Blanchemont corner and down towards the chicane at the end of the lap. This is a chance though to get tyre temperature up, get some heat into the brakes as well and weaving ferociously there Michael Schmetz in his number 90 Aston Martin from Auto Club Excelsior. The top two have broken away from everybody else and I'm sure that there will be instruction now to the teams and their drivers to try and close these gaps up sooner rather than later. Sally Yollock just appearing there at the second part of Pouan. 
Behind him is Eric Cayroll, starting from sixth position. And to start the number 66 Lamborghini Huracan, it'll be Mark Poole alongside Thomas Fleur, who was certainly throwing his number 51 Ferrari around during qualifying. Managed to get into the top 10 shootout, Super Pole, and in the end qualified the car in eighth place ahead of Mads Rasmussen and Cedric Mezar. Reminder that uh, earlier on in qualifying, the two cars that didn't make it through into the second portion, the second 15 minutes, either Dunbar and the number 25 FF Corsa Ferrari and Adrian Delina, although it was Pierre-Marie Delina to qualify, oh, That's an interesting it? one. That yeah. is, he is the, the more professionally ranked driver mm. in this car, so the one car that is not racing with the driver known to be the less pacey is the last car on the grid, and if I recall correctly, last time out, Adrian Delena put an absolute storming drive in that car, albeit by then, I think, a lap or two down, but was actually coming by cars that, uh, that you know, we, we, I think we're quite surprised to see uh, the 14 car going through. So it'd be interesting to see what Adrian Delena can do in the early part of this race. If he can return that form, then we could see the 14 car making some real progress here. Nearing the end of the lap then, and this is the time that the cars need to get into rolling start formation ahead of round five of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. The breakaway championship, if you like, after GTC left the European Le Mans series last year. We still have GT cars represented in the ELMS, but they're all GTE cars. GTC, out of that was born the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup and there are just two races to go in its inaugural season. Much is promised ahead of the 2017 season, by the way, of this championship. Real jewel in the crown is the race at Le Mans to support the 24 hours. But here at Spa, this is a big sell as well. Who will get the better of the starts then between the SMP Racing Ferrari, the blue, red and white car and the black Triple F Racing McLaren 650S. We're waiting for the five red lights to be extinguished. They go green now, and that's a good start from Alexi Bassoff, as well as Hiroshi Hamaguchi. Eugenio Buffetti thought about threading the eye of the needle there. He slots into third position, and did the Aston get through? Yes, it did. Plenty of cars out wide. Hammering the curb there, though, was Michael Schmetz. He's got a good exit out of the source. It's Hiroshi Hamaguchi that leads the race, though, down the hill towards Eau Rouge for the first time, and the Ferrari, if he's not careful, will disappear to third. No, second place at Eau Rouge, and through Radion, but a great getaway from the Japanese driver Hiroshi Hamaguchi to take the race lead on the opening lap there. Absolutely brilliant uh, stuff from Hiroshi Hamaguchi. Adrian Delaney, by the way, I think he's up to 7th or 8th position and still making his way, threading it through there. You can see in the centre of the picture, the great start from the McLaren driver. It looked very much as if the Aston Martin might, the first the Aston Martins might come through in second. Uh, gave better than that, as indeed uh, does Sally Yulik against the uh, classic and modern Ferrari. He gives that place up, but uh, that was close run thing. A couple of cars of course running wide to stay out of trouble. Here comes Delano looking up the inside at the moment of Sally Yulluk. But uh, cracking a few corners mm -hmm. and actually pretty clean as well. I thought for a moment it was all going to go horribly wrong but they straight at the starts of these races have been getting cleaner and cleaner if I can say that. We've had some nightmarish starts to some of these races but yes everyone is still in this which is great to see and it's a tricky first corner to get through particularly here in Belgium you don't get many circuits where it's 
hammer to the floor and then all stop for a hairpin and then get going again. And then go to one of the most awesome corners in the world. Exactly. <laughs> it's quite a start to the lap and uh, that's in, uh, an incredible amount of credit to all these drivers who managed to get through that first bit of the opening lap and it should get a little easier from this point on as each car finds its own space. Hamaguchi then leading by half a second from Alexi Basov. They don't need to push too hard here, SMP Racing, certainly in the early stages. And no doubt they would have had a conversation before the start of this race saying, hey, it doesn't matter if you lose the race lead or even slip down to third position for the first lap. Eugenio Perfetti, though, has got some ground to make up in the race and in the championship. Would like to get ahead of Michael Schmetz early on so he doesn't lose touch with the two leaders. A little bit too deep there for K-Roll into the final chicane and that might prevent, present an opportunity for Sally Yollick who has lost a spot hasn't into that Ferrari. He has and they're looking at the outside line going down towards La Source now. Can he do that? He doesn't do ducks up the inside mm -hmm. and is it all oh, luckily a Ferrari man saw him there almost turned in but then brushed the back of the Aston Martin lost a little ground and that's allowed oh there's trouble behind that's Mark Poole and and Mads Rasmussen I think I'm not sure or Thomas Fleur it could have been Fleur like a light coloured car it did now the Rasmussen car is white it is it's Thomas Fleur. Fleur and there's damage to both those cars as Matt said the Fleur car is silver and, and that was Thomas Fleur making heavy contact with the Lamborghini to the side of the car so there's da damage to the side of the Lamborghini to the front of the Ferrari and I suspect we've probably seen the last of both those cars bits of Ferrari and bits of Lamborghini strewn across the track that area covered by yellow flags I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a full course caution or a safety car well driver's, driver's door or passenger door I was about to say uh, I think you're gonna, yeah you're gonna see debris there yeah. can we do this under local yellows we'll wait to see the right hand side of that Lamborghini Huracan which is a pretty car heavily stoved in I'm afraid to say after contact with Thomas Fleur what we haven't seen is the build up to that incident it might be that the camera was focused on the leaders of course and not pointing in the right direction at the time of the clash which was a little further down the order for 7th 8th position so that's a real shame I spoke too soon there Graham what a shame um, so at the moment it's Hamaguchi from Alexei Basov four tenths of a second as they came through the first sector then a couple of seconds back now it's, it's Eugenio Perfetti and Schmetz so the Porsche man has got by the number 90 Aston Martin while we were busy with the incident at turn one we are under a safety car we are safety under car. a safety car please alert your drivers I've got one car stopped at the exit of D1 and I've got another car stopped down the road we are under a safety car please slow down immediately Eduardo Freitas, who is looking after this race, he's the clerk of the course as he is for the World Endurance Championship and the European Le Mans Series, looking after matters in the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup as well. Thomas Fleur leaving his braking too late, arguably, and the front left wheel of that car hanging loose by uh, just a single suspension strut, no it, doubt. It looked like a classic La Source incident with the, the Lamborghini turning in and finding, to his horror, that's uh, trying uh, very late, too late, I'm afraid, outbreaking manoeuvre up the inside was Thomas Fleur. The, the contact was clearly very heavy indeed. It's actually good news that uh, Mark Poole was able to continue down as far as he did. Mm. So clearly Mark... Yes, sat on presumably the left-hand side of the car. Most of these cars are left hookers, so he's got the, the impact on the passenger side, thankfully. Here's a replay of the start 
and cars fanning out, particularly Adrian Delina trying to get a good start. There's the Lamborghini Uruguay. And he's on the left, right, okay. <laughs> Mark's out on the left-hand side. Sadly, Richard Abra won't be able to get, won't get an opportunity to drive that car, nor Thomas Fleur's uh, co-driver. Thank you. Yeah, they've been together all season, haven't they? The silver and bronze graded drivers. But under safety car, and these are pictures, by the way, from earlier on, in case you're fearful of marshals being on track and other people waving at the uh, helicopter footage from earlier on. Maybe it is current footage. Anyway, the, uh, the, that was earlier. That was earlier on. Yep. That was just slightly, slightly thrown by the yellow flashing boards that we will have during a safety car. That's a word you don't ever want to see in a French-speaking uh, nation. With uh, if you're a petrol head, depannage. That's not good. Mm. That basically means you're going back on a flatbed or on a tow, and not to Verviers. Uh, one would hope not. That's a long way if you're in Toulouse. Uh, that's bad news indeed for both those squads. Yeah, Mark Lemmer, who runs Barwell Motorsport, AF Corsa, Amato Ferrari's nigh-on works team for Ferrari, and they, well, are famous for meaning that a, a GT race can be official as long as you've got an AF Corsa. Yeah, the entry, is that right? I think it's, it's actually now written in the FIA law. Yes. Yeah, thought so. Sadly, it looks like both cars out on the spot, so we're down to 10, and that's Ivor Dunbar, by the way, just coming through in the double F Corsa Ferrari, very smart, 488. They debuted at Imola earlier on in the year. So, whilst we're under safety car and not yet 10 minutes into round five of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup, let's hear from Charlie George, who is down in the pit lane for us. Yeah, and down here with Francesco Castellacci. Francesco, not the start to the race you would have wanted. Yeah, unfortunately not the start that me and Thomas and uh, of course we're expecting. But it's part of the, of the racing, of the game, and uh, the important thing is Thomas is alright. Uh, we'll see about the car, but uh, yeah, uh, what we can do, think of a story and uh, keep going. Yeah, because it wasn't a, a very lucky race for you last time out either, was it? Yeah, also uh, last time we were not so so lucky. Uh, but it's like this, it's racing, so uh, we, we keep pushing and uh, we hope for to finish high in the story. Thank you. Thank you. Putting a brave face on things, Francesco Castellacci. He's a really nice chap, Francesco. Oh, yeah. And very, very quick as well. Did mm. a season last year in the World Jones Championship. And there'd be one or two too many incidents where, unfortunately, we haven't got to see the pro drivers in these cars. And, uh, well, it's saves on their afternoon I suppose they'll still get uh, paid for being here but sadly I think that's a bit generous well do you reckon no, absolutely not even in sweeties or no. coffee no, no, no. no okay back at crisps and the, and the bus fare home <laughs> the bus fare home uh, uh, fair enough but no they would uh, they'd sooner be driving race cars than getting the cash I suppose that's exactly why they're here and that's a real shame for Thomas Fleur and indeed for this car that is being stretched away so oil dry being laid um, on the exit of turn one and the drivers being warned to keep right away from that as the marshals are dealing with it. It's been a busy day for this marshal crew, although the incident, the big crash that we had in the Renault Sport Trophy happened a bit further up the hill, uh, but the initial impact of course at the source, which accounted for the Ferrari on the spot and the Huracan a bit further down the order, a bit further down the hill, means that those marshals at the source and then 
at Marshall Posts 2 and 3 have had a busy day with one thing and another. Thankfully, weather is good here, as you can tell. Late September in the middle of Belgium and the Ardennes Forest. This place famous for having its own weather system at times, but temperature's good, a light breeze, and no chance of rain, at least this evening. I've seen the forecast for tomorrow. It's very similar, but you never know at this place with the four hours of Spa-Francorchamps to look forward to in the European Le Mans series. Get the damage at the rear right of that uh, Lamborghini. That's had a big hit on the right side. There's the remains of, well, it's now Ferrari 486, I think. Um, it's uh, Thomas Fleur. Mm. Damage to the front left, principally, of that car. And that's the point of impact, I think, with the side of the Hurricane. Great to see how well those cars held up. And more hard work from the marshals just to make sure that that quick dry is uh, weaved into the tarmac sufficiently to mop up whatever it's uh, been soaked up there the oil coolant so he's lobbing the foreground and the pink t-shirt uh, the 2014 WEC LMP2 driver's champion now looks after some of the commercial aspects of SMP racing currently second position some spectacular success been coming the way of SMP racing in recent years. LMP2 title in the WEC GTM mm. title, uh, which featured, by the way, both Basov and Chaitar in the WEC. And uh, GT3 title three years ago in the LMS. Right. Amongst the trophies on the shelf. I'm sure it's not a shelf. I'm sure it's a fabulously built glass cabinet. But uh, let's call it a shelf for now. Well, I remember Alexi Basov in his days of the Ferrari Challenge, which goes around Europe. So he's a bit of a Ferrari specialist in the 458 and has taken to the 488 like a duck to water. And clearly the, uh, the partnership he has with Victor Scheitar has brought him on as a driver. He is still labelled as a bronze talent, but um, starting to bridge that gap, you could say, now between bronze and silver. And may have to think about an alternative route for 2017 if they win the title. But I think just promoting himself and get, uh, get something new along, alongside Alexi. Yes. That, that would work. They'd be very welcome back in this series. I'm absolutely certain of that. That's true. So McLaren, Ferrari, Porsche, Aston Martin, Aston Martin, and then Ferrari, 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 Ferrari. And, yeah, the... Uh, other mark that we had in this race sadly no longer represented represented because the Lamborghini Huracan there was only one of those uh, this is but we, we're promised well we had fabulous variety at Le Mans the road to Le Mans events and I think this is generating uh, real interest in the GT3 world I had a chat with Joe Osborne at Paul Ricard he was out with Flick Haig during that uh, taking and um, uh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't away in a hurry, yeah. it's fair to say. Although he did offer me a drink whilst I was down there. Afternoon joke, train watching. I'm sure you are. Uh, but he said that the unique selling point of this championship when he's trying to sell it to drivers that he's in touch with and want to race with him is the fact that the bronze driver has such a responsibility across the weekend. It's, I think there's two things for it. There, there is that Roque Le Mans race, which is a real carrot. Um, there is also a very good prize fund here. Um, the, the little gimme that I always give here is that uh, the winning... Uh, the championship winner in this race actually gets more prize money than the top three in the Le Mans 24 hours together. Put together. I think it's 100,000 euros to win for to get for winning this. Uh, but wow. yes, you're right. But this, this in common with a couple of other products out there in the motorsport world at the moment, 
pretty well aimed at bringing on the skill sets and the enthusiasm levels for the gentleman drivers that are relatively new to the sport. What it's meant, and we've seen Johnny, for the races that you and I have sat together with, Safety is... Safety in at the end of this lap. Safety car is coming in at the end of this lap. Please remind your drivers no overtaking before they cross the line in front of race control. No overtaking before they cross the line in front of race control. Never interrupt any water freighters is the rule. Um, and what it does allow them to do is to race hard against their peers. And they're gently edging themselves into the sports car world rather than their only entry level being to sit in a race where they've got prototypes all over front and rear into wind, rain, hail, or indeed in other GT3 racing where you've got professionals yeah. in, in cars of broadly similar performance levels, lights out in the safety car, of course, as Wilder Freitas said, and it's a whole different world of challenge. This is a great way to actually ease in, and I'm sure we'll see the majority of these guys actually in international sports car racing at a high level in, 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 in future years. Here we go. Hiroshi Hamaguchi will lead at the restart. Alexi Bassoff over the line. Gigi Perfetti third. Michael Schmetz in the yellow and white Aston fourth. Just ahead of another Vantage with its V12 six-litre engine. That's Sally Yollock for TS Sports. And then Adrian Delina, who has worked his way from the back of the grid, remember, up to sixth position as they exit the source. This is lap six. And of all those teams, of course, it's Adrian Delaney, the 14 car, uh, but that was worse used for that delay. Absolutely belting by there, don't they? Reminds me of a certain test track from a uh, TV series which has gone through a bit of transition of late. But uh, when they go through the figure of eight bit there, that's exactly the same sort of camera point and the same sort of speed. Anyway, uh, Adrian Delina further back in the pack now trying to make waves on Sally Yollock. Can't do it at Le Combe. That's a good chance of an overtake at the end of a long, long straight down the Kemmel Strait, yeah, utilising the toe on the Aston. Yolok compromised his line there, gave Adrian Delena a second nibble, and he's still looking for a way by the TF Sport 34 car. So it's time for cool heads here with the cars compressed, obviously, under the safety car. Opportunity for fortune in both directions here. The opportunity to pass, the opportunity as well to get it wrong with a car in close contention. What is it? Yellow flags breed yellow flags. Well, not so far. And that's very good news. Yep, the tricky bit through the source and Eau Rouge negotiated. Here is Alexi Bassoff with a good run on Hiroshi Amaguchi. Round the outside at Piff Bath. Surely not. Can he keep it within the confines of the track? Yes, he can. Wow. And he's pulled off a fabulous manoeuvre there on Hiroshi Hamaguchi. Good driving from both, I think. Into Campus Corner. Hamaguchi still with the new race leader. But that is a stamp of authority from Alexi Bassoff, which is yet to be equal, I have to say. That's fantastic driving. That was um, p picking what was not the optimum line. It was the McLaren driver, I suspect, having to compromise his position in defence, but in doing that, lifted off and just allowed the Ferrari uh, driver to just, well, just clean up. Excellent move there from Bassov. Now Eugenio Perfetti is looking up the inside of, no doubt, slightly rattled, rattled Hamaguchi. Yes, when you put your car in exactly the place where Hamaguchi was expecting to be able to use as the racing line, he had no option but to back out of that a little bit. And that's just another world of overtaking, you could say. 
Excellent. Not quite block passing, but just saying, right, if your car will generally wash out through this first bit of pickback, but if I put my car there first, you can't get can't there. Do it. Fantastic. Elena still looking for a way past Sally Yullock. He has, though, I think uh, Sally got the quickest car on a straight line down the hill towards Urbuse, then Radion. But Delena looking with a very aggressive line through there. Now, that's all about how quickly can you exit Radion and what run do you get down the Kemmel straight. He knows the Aston Martin's quick in a straight line. Watch the yellow Ferrari, five back in this line, six back in this line. He'll duck out somewhere. Is it going to the left? It's the right this time. Round the outside he tries, and this time, as he he's not made it stick. Looked like he might just do it there, but that move started as they ex exited La Source corner. Yeah, straight out of the Peter Schottos book there. If you were watching the Renault Sport Trophy a little while ago, only the fact he didn't quite pull it off, Adrian, but he'll no doubt have another stab at it. Here is the overtake then, and he was closing, closing, closing between Pouin and Fania corner and well that's wall of death stuff from the Ferrari 488 just about had enough space to sneak through this through the path bit of piff path and make that move stick for the race lead. That's likely to be as good an overtaking manoeuvre as you see for the rest of the weekend if you stick with us and watch yeah. the, uh, the four hours uh, tomorrow of the European Le Mans series here but uh, cracking move there there's the Aston Martin of Sally Yollock in fifth position ahead of Adrian Delina K-Roll in 7th position in the number 26 classic and modern racing Ferrari. Mads Rasmussen is 8th. Cedric Mezar ninth in the number 8 car and Ivor Dunbar is 10th, completing the 10-car field that we now have. And from, well, defending himself against charging 72 SMP racing car. Gucci is now watching his mirrors, this approaching pair goes off the, the, tr the racing line, the, the racing surface there, wide, the Porsche and the Aston Martin closing, it looks to me like Alexi Passoff has cleared off here, two seconds for good already, still behind Adrian Delena is looking for a way past Sally Yolok, but now Egidio Perfetti is getting on to terms with Hiroshi Hamaguchi for second position, Three car battle here for fifth position because not out of it by any means is M. Carroll. So, new fastest lap, the end of lap seven, Alexi Bassoff, the 222.509, and that gives him a 2.1 second lead over Hiroshi Hamaguchi. Hamaguchi's car will be handed over to Adrian Quave Hobbs in due course, but have another. Um, good half an hour or so for Hamaguchi to get his teeth into and half a second found by Alexi Bassov is that through the first sector yes it, yes it is in fact six tenths isn't it and even that was the fastest first sector of the race so far from Hamaguchi yeah so big point is Hamaguchi catching Bassov not the other way around so keeping the lead battle alive Sally Yolok having a couple of bites of the cherry at Bruxelles there well and truly missing the apex and Adrian Delina might be causing him a distraction there in the rearview mirror. Again, not quite at the apex through Speaker's Corner. Ferrari not able to close quite at the rate of knots as I was expecting. There's the second place fight through the sequence of corners at Pouan. And the Judeo Buffetti may be the next car to line up Hiroshi Hamaguchi for an overtake, surely not a pit path. There are easier places to overtake. Lots of extra bit of track being used there by Perfetti. He did this in qualifying as well, kicking up the dust in the face of Michael Schmetz. 
Spence has dropped back a little. He has. That's off though. That was very, very quick. Middle sector takes a second out of all the three cars chasing him. The entire pack takes a second out of that. Order restored, 2.7 seconds now the gap. As Hamaguchi gets ever more into defensive mode. 3 Blanchemont goes to fight for second position there. Lamborghini being shaped up this time around, but Hiroshi Hamaguchi sensibly keeps his car right in the middle of the track in the braking area for the chicane. Ishigio Perfetti in two minds there as to which side to go to attempt an overtake, and this is drawing in Michael Schmetz now in fourth position. He may have three cars for second place very, very shortly. Ishigio Perfetti thinks about drivers right up towards the source for an overtake, then darts to the left. And there is a cigarette paper between the rear wing of the McLaren and the radiator of that Porsche as they head down the hill towards Eau Rouge for the ninth time. Perfetti <laughs> there as they came through. I think uh, was trying to dummy him into, I think he was doing the over and under and trying to the outside. It didn't work, but boy, has he got a quick exit there from Radion alongside now the McLaren. Can he go around the outside here into the lead into Lecom? Hamaguchi is toughing it out. He's got the inside line, he's got the optimum line there, but that's compromises speed into the corner. That'll mean that the Porsche gets a better fire through Lecom. Can't do it. Excellent stuff from both drivers there. Interesting to watch the acceleration rate though from both the Porsche and the McLaren. And Porsche seemed to have the legs on the McLaren, and then when they got the top speed at 650s was able to match the 911 under braking Hiroshi just left his braking slightly later than he would do normally and was able to cover off the maneuver from Perfetti into Lecom more dust kicked up by the Norwegian and still behind that trio it's the continuing story of Sally Yolok and Adrian Delena the opposite of a love story at the moment I'm sure between the two of them Delena wants to get by Sally Yolok wants to be rid of the pesky Ferrari behind him to get back on the terms of this trio Pass off meanwhile, three seconds to the good and pulling away. But Delina and Sally Yolok able to go quicker than they've managed all the race to this point last time around. They were both personal best times, so they're not slowing each other up. Getting quicker, if anything. Second place fight into Curve Paul Frere. An hour and 36 minutes to go. Round five of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup with Johnny Palmer and Graham Goodwin of DailySportsCar.com. And to Blanchemont go McLaren, Porsche, Aston Martin, and then a little way off in the next position, another Aston from TF Sport. That's the car that needs to score well compared to the race leader, oh, number 72. Been deep in there. They've been a little Boss. bit deep there in from the McLaren driver. That's allowed Perfetti just to get back on the terms. And this is, the, this is the, the gamble, isn't it? You go harder, you go faster. But uh, just one tiny mistake and all that good work undone. And again, the two cars behind right on his tail at the point in the circuit, which it seems that perhaps they have a little bit more of an advantage. Down the hill again, down towards Eau Rouge. This is where the excitement really started last time. Through Rouge there. Up across Radion. This time it looks like the McLaren got a slightly better run, but still firing out through Radion. Looks to me that's where the Porsche's got an advantage. Well, initial talk out of Radion, impressive from the Porsche, but McLaren's really holding its own here, and Porsche can't get close. Stark contrast to a lap ago, and that was just down to, I think, a compromise run through Eau Rouge and Radion 
for Japanese driver Hamaguchi. So half a second the gap this time for the Triple F Racing Team by ACM Car back to the Mentos Racing Machine. ACM, by the way, in that title is Andrea Calderelli Motorsport, a man you might know from GT Racing and Super GT Racing indeed. The Italian very, very quick indeed. Ex-champion, I think, at Super GT Calderelli. I think you are right there, yes. And I presume, don't know for a fact, but I presume Andrea is here this weekend. Super GT bursts back into life in two weekends' time. A message to the classic and modern racing Ferrari about track limits there, particularly at Turn 4, which is the Eau Rouge Radion sequence of corners. It's a quick shot there of Klaus Backler in the uh, Mentos Racing garage. That's a change to the tradition uh, I was providing. Mr. Ben Barker was going to be in that car, but uh, Klaus, it would appear to be. Ben Barker gave his first GT3 run last time out in Paul Rickard. So through Blanchiment goes the fight for second, third, and fourth. Fifth position still in the hands of Sally Yollock. And let's not forget about the 72 Ferrari of SNP Racing. Sideways, all crossed up there, Alexi Bassoff, but he seems to make that line work for him. The Aston Martin closes on the Porsche and goes way, way wide there through the second part of turn 19, the second part of the chicane, that is. And we have seen a number of cars pinged so far this weekend for pushing the track limits at turn 19. Might get a warning. Well, they should get a warning initially before time penalties are issued. Porsche closer here than it's been the last couple of laps. So this is going to be mighty close down through into a rouge. It is not, it's not about the bottom of the hill, it's about where you are at the top. Mr. Martin drops back a little because of that, that, uh, that off. And at uh, turn 19, and Perfetti here looks to have a bit of a run on the McLaren. Which way this time? Inside, outside? Hopefully not upside down. It will be the outside for Gidio Perfetti. He hasn't got as much of an overlap as he had two laps ago, though. So closer, but not close enough for Perfetti. And you get the feeling this Porsche is in cleaner air, in clear air, quicker than the McLaren. But the longer he keeps behind and is balked by the Hiroshi Hamaguchi car, the more advantage the 72 machine is getting. Six seconds Six down the road seconds. now. Okay. And in fact, you can see the car there just disappearing into Puan as the guys come through Speaker's Corner. Still behind this trio, by the way. Andrea Delena has not managed to... Oh, off! It's off uh, wide into Puan for Hamaguchi. Perfetti takes the advantage, immediately goes through. And there's now under immediate pressure, yeah. immediate pressure from Aston Martin behind. So Porsche through, now we can see the true pace of Gigio Perfetti. Don't get me wrong, Hiroshi Amaguchi was putting up a stout defence there and perfectly legitimately sticking the elbows out where necessary and able to hold on to second place until that very slight error at Pouin. And now a chance to gather his thoughts before he gets more pressure this time from the Auto Club Excelsior car. But again, that's Hamaguchi just yeah. missing his turning point. As well, I wonder if there's something down there because behind the McLaren, the Aston Martin had a major moment as well. So is there something on the track there, whether or not it's just some muck that's been. Could be, although it's just a case of when you get out on the marbles, it's a real job then to get it 
back again. Let's get an update from Charlie George, who is in the pit lane for us. Yeah, I'm down here at the TF Sport Garage with you and Hanky. You and uh, Sally's out there at the moment running P5. Obviously, championship battle is forefront in your mind at the moment. What does he need to do? What have you told him he needs to do? Uh, he just needs to. He just needs to finish. We just need to get points. We don't know what's going to happen. Um, obviously, the Ferrari is super fast. Has been the whole year so far. So just trying to keep the gap as close to the Porsche as possible. Damage limitation. Um, I'm not sure. Our car's particularly suited around here at the moment, so we just got to do, try to make the best of a bad situation. And has Sally got much experience around Spa? Is he enjoying it? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, he's had a couple of races here. Um, so yeah, he's got no excuse apart from that. It's just trying to do the best, uh, best that he can do. I'm sure you're looking forward to getting out there. Yeah, looking forward to seeing, uh, yeah, what I can do, I guess. Good luck, thank you. Thank you. I couldn't see how that started, but uh, that uh, was the 90 car off the track. Uh, and uh, rejoined just in front of the TF Sport car, Sally Yolok now under extreme pressure from Adrian Delena, track limits all over the place, into uh, from the, um, into Radion rather from the Aston Martin, out of Radion from the Ferrari, but uh, you can see the yellow Aston Martin has lost some ground to Hamaguchi and that happened at Lecom, but didn't see him going in, I didn't see him coming out, he was off the track, drivers left, rejoining in front of this battle. It seems to be not have the grip he should have at the moment. Okay. Yeah, so that Aston struggling for a bit of traction here and there. The one behind mm, is okay. It's a little bit wide there as well. It just doesn't quite have the pace, though, of, you could say, the Auto Club Excelsior machine. And, of course, the Excelsior crew are from Belgium. This is their backyard, in a sense. They know all the little shortcuts and the tricks to uh, get around this circuit quickly and how to set up a car in the most perfect way down into the bus stop chicane goes Alexei Bassoff with already half an hour under his belt only needs to do 55 minutes remember depending on what SMP Racing decide to do they may run it to 55 minutes on the button or in fact decide to slice the race exactly in half and give an hour to Bassoff and an hour to Scheitel. They could afford to do it like that because Fast, now... The fastest lap of the race, though, has just gone to Achille Perfetti. It's a 2.22.283. He takes half a second out of Bassoff, down to 6.7 seconds now. And all of a sudden, it's all about Sally Yulluk getting onto terms with the other Aston Martin. This is a battle of fourth position. Three cars in it, the 90 and 34 Aston Martins, and the number 14 Ferrari... 4.58 of uh, no doubt extremely frustrated Adrian Delena. There's confirmation of Egidio Perfetti's fastest lap of the race at 2.22.2. So, yeah, just a mere six and a half seconds now to try and find Alexi Bassoff, who takes, you sense has got a bit more to give. Takes another half a second though out of the Ferrari ahead in the first sector that time around. Now, are we going to see a response from the Russian driver? We have before. But we've equally well seen the pace fall out of that car as you get deeper into the, the race of a, uh, a couple of occasions. They've had the results, but it's not been a walkover, not by any means. Free Bruxelles goes this three-way fight for fourth position. Schmetz ahead of Yolok, ahead of Delina. And this is costing the crew that run the Ferrari. Up the inside, Charlie Yolok takes the place. And it looks to me like Delaney's going to do the same on the exit here. He does. 
So no longer is it costing them quite as much time. Yeah, it's a fair point you make about this Aston, though, not behaving as well as, no doubt, Auto Club Excelsior expected. It's more than just running off the racing line and losing grip in that fashion on the marbles and on the dust. Doesn't look too happy, that car, coming out of pit path. And Sally Yollock, almost with the tail end, snapping out there at Campus Corner, has disappeared now, and he's taking Adrian Delina with him. But yeah, the AF Corsa crew had hoped that that yellow Ferrari would have wriggled free of the number 90 Aston Martin a little sooner than it managed. This is costing them because, of course, they're putting their quicker driver in for the opening stint. And if he spends, if Adrian Delina spends half of his stint caught up behind slower cars, that kind of uh, defies the point of it. That car's in trouble. The number 90 car's definitely in trouble. It's fallen out behind Cedric Mazard. Unless it's simply the rhythm has gone, it looks mm. to me there's a problem with grip with that car for starters. You're right. And this is way too early to be doing a driver change. Each driver, remember, has to do a minimum of 55 minutes, but well spotted from Mr. Goodwin to my right to say that that car does not look too happy. Is that blipping of the gearbox, but potentially as well? I just wonder whether it, maybe it's slipping out of gear or staying in a gear. Oh, no, well, that's, that's a thought. But meantime, unbottled, here come now the fourth and fifth position cars. As the Aston Martin crew take a look under the rear. Yeah. Uh, wire attached, make sure that make sure that the car is earthed correctly. Um, they're looking at the rear, clearly. I'm smoking the cockpit there. Isn't that? <laughs> and I think the driver, Michael Schmetz, the day is done for that car. You're quite right there. Yeah. Schmetz struggling to unplug the various components, including the radio, which means he has contact with the team back on the pit wall. You can talk to them face to face now but they may not have an answer for him as to why that car is so far off in pace. A real squirm there from Sally Yollock's Aston Martin out of Turn 9 and down towards Puan, which gained Adrian Delina a fair bit of ground. So Delina under the rear wing here of Sally Yollock. They're heading for Fania to the sequence of corners. A fast right and left flick. But, well, this is familiar. Uh, surroundings now for Adrian Delina. He's got caught up behind an Aston Martin for a fair old portion of his stint. He's in exactly the same situation now, despite Sally Yollock able to post quicker times than Michael Schmetz. It's not quite as quick as that yellow Ferrari. Oh, and 24 minutes remain. Lots of racing still to go. So, unhappy looking. Belgian Aston Martin driver. Here comes Alexi Bassov to start his lap 15. Virginia Perfetti, by the way, has been nibbling away at this gap. Yeah. Again, does it there? It's 5.7 seconds now. So he's not given this one up at all. He's taken, what's that? 1.2 seconds out of the advantage of the 488. Sure, Alexi Bassov for a while thought, okay, this is easy. Hmm. Uh, we pull another few tenths, but uh, it's not proven to be the case since the Porsche got by uh, by the uh, by the McLaren. Now five seconds back, ten seconds off the lead for Hiroshi Hamaguchi. The McLaren still running, by the way. Third position for the Triple F Racing 650S, and it's nose to tail between Yolok 
and Abdi and Delina still for fourth and fifth positions. Little break once more to Charlie George. It was in the pit lane. Yeah, I'm down here with Michael Schmidt. Michael, the car looks so strong in qualifying. Obviously, there's a problem. What is it? Yeah, I think the clutch is broken. Uh, we have no power on wheels, so prefer to stop. No, no power on wheels. That's a really disappointing end. Will we be seeing you out in the GT3 Cup again? Yeah, we were at home, so yes, it's disappointing. So I think we can probably drive next year, yeah. Okay, thank you. So good news that we will hopefully gain an Aston Martin, but clearly very tricky to, to describe it as good news to Michael Schmitz in his current mood because that car was looking truly competitive this weekend. A real shame to have a clutch issue during the race, but it's an race, I suppose, which is the driver to the limit, you press the machinery to the limit as well. And, and a very unusual fault so to actually have in the, this day and age in a GT3 car, mm. so uh, whether or not that car was carrying some kind of undiagnosed fault into the weekend, we will we'll never know now, as I suppose. But uh, meantime, there's a battle for seventh. Cedric Mazard, that's Rasmussen, a pair of Ferrari 458s, the 8 from the 71, that's nose to tail. It's the same but still with Sally Yullock and guess who, Adrian Delena. Tense between them. Um, yes, the, the number 8 car, by the way, Scuderia Vilba Corsa entered car and it's racing the 71 AF Corsa entered machine. This is another AF Corsa Ferrari, the 14, and as you say, Adrian Delena getting a touch frustrated now with Aston Martin rear wings. Uh, response now from Alexei Basov. He puts a lap in, in the low 222s. That again draws the gap out to six and a half seconds. He nibbles the best part of a second out on the Porsche this time around. Buffetti straight lining that route out of La Source down the hill past the packed out grandstands. Still a goodly portion of fans in there enjoying motor racing into the evening we're now at uh, nearly 10 past six with another hour and 20 to go some great saturday night entertainment and that steep steep climb up au rouge and over the top of radiant so many people have uh, no doubt told you and told me this weekend how the camera flattens out that part of the circuit you need to walk it to truly uh, just twig how steep it is alongside Adrian Delina got then with Sally Yolo but still no opportunity to overtake front wheels level with rear not quite at Lecom and still Sally Yolok sticks those elbows out and keeps behind him the bright yellow Ferrari although Yolok a bit too deep into Bruxelles this could be Adrian Delina's opportunity here the next corner's a left-hander though so that will favour the Turkish driver and he stays in front and actually coming down the cable straight into Lecombe, the ideal line from Sally Yolok, basically almost down the middle of the road, lets the Ferrari driver look up the inside, try around the outside, Sally just took the shortest point to the corner and, and kept his line. Did not deviate from that line one iota. That is a position change though with Mads Rasmussen finally getting past Cedric Mazar. These cars setting similar paces though, so I wonder whether the number eight car will have an opportunity to get that spot back again. Mats Rasmussen, a bronze driver. Cedric Mezar, a bronze driver. These two, by the way, about a minute back from the leader. Mezar due to hand over to Stevie S. And the 71 car. Will it still be Philippe Eros this weekend? I know he's been in some hot water with... Um, I think he was late to the circuit uh, yesterday. I think he got fined. And he did get fined. Yes, you're right. 
Um, but we hope that Philippe Guerreros will be part of this race once he takes over from Maz Rasmussen. Certainly down on my entry list as uh, being the co-driver. An hour and 18 minutes to go. Adrian Delaney is going to wake up in the middle of the night screaming with visions of an Aston Martin badge, isn't he? As it's been like this for him since the start of the race and since we got back to full speed racing. And uh, of course this is particularly bad news for the team. He is the higher graded driver. Pierre-Marie Delaney does not have the speed of Adrian in this car. But he'll be enjoying this, you know. Yes, he will, but he wants, sort to of. <laughs> he wants to be in fourth place and in front of Sally Gollop and closing in on Hiroshi Hamaguchi, if he can be. I think he'll be going home tonight and just doing the numbers about how close mm. he can get to buying a 488 at this point, because it's pretty clear that actually it's the, the 458 just does not have an advantage over this Aston Martin in performance terms anywhere on this circuit. And Sally Gollop just needs to drive a control race here down the hill to Brussels goes that battle and Sally Yollop well, oh, talk about a controlled race he may have gifted it to Adriana Delina although Delina had a big old wiggle coming out of Brussels corner as well now he's got the better line yes. now this is going to be interesting the run down to Pouan looks to the inside looks to the outside trying again to make the Turkish driver respond he doesn't do that and again, he takes the, the correct line to the corner, letting the chasing driver do all the work. But that came from two mistakes, didn't it? The mistake, the initial mistake of Sally Yollick running wide. Adrian Delaney probably went a little too deep into it, picked up the mucky stuff, and it just didn't give him the, the fire up the inside that he needed for the next corner. Still really dusty at Fania corner though as well, and there's quite a bit of gravel and tire pickup off that racing line it's treacherous if you head off that very narrow strip which is race car wide then there's very little grip particularly offered at Bruxelles corner and Pouan now this now is an opportunity but of course the next corner is a right hander it once they've gone through Blanchemont and you brave to try and overtake through there or at least indeed go two abreast through Blanchemont up to the chicane that ends the lap and Sally Gullock will be far too far in front here for Adrian Delina to get alongside. All smiles meanwhile down at, well, SMP Racing Stroke AF Corsa with Alexi Bassoff, their man, leading the way by nearly eight seconds now. That was a glimpse of Sergei Slobin, was it? Was it uh, Sergei Slobin in the pink, that's right. Mm -hmm. So spotted Aaron Scott in the background there as well. Be in the four hour race tomorrow, the LMS, keeping an eye on the GT3. Guys, close knit team, the family down at AF Corsa. Down the dip and up the other side, a real roller coaster of a track, Spa Francorchamps. And these guys loving every minute of it. Headlights, headlights ablaze now as well. We're starting to lose the light. It might be on the cusp of the gloaming as we reach 7.30 tonight and the end of this race, but still plenty of sunlight to illuminate this great circuit for the moment. So seesawing their way right, left and right again through Le Camp, over the crest and from this point on it is downhill and rapidly through Bruxelles corner. Slightly tidier this time for Sally Yollock and no opportunity for that Ferrari to get alongside. 
left-hand kink at speaker's corner so called because it's one of the only corners at this point of the circuit that can be seen from the commentary box back on the start line and now through Pouin again keeping it within the racing line exclamations coming from Zergai there for whatever reason Mike Griffin is from the background is he yep. protesting that maybe his uh, his car isn't getting the coverage where's our car yeah, that's okay. still it's out about there. eight seconds up the road mm. but this is great entertainment exactly Sergei says it's great entertainment for us to be winning by eight seconds we'll watch this for a little while so we'll get back to the 72 i'm sure anytime now but for now it's the adrian delena frustration roadshow <laughs> coming to a town near you if you live in estoril that is now heading towards blanchemont corner and try as he might he's got past one aston but this second one is proving much more difficult into the chicane oh and plenty of curb that time taken by adrian delina now can he get a slightly oh big drift out drifting his way out of the final corner and over the line and unfortunately all the time he pours himself through <laughs> through the first bit of the chicane he then lost to the left hand flick it'll keep this will put a, a smile on mr zlobin's face to see that uh, alexi bassoff is still out front with no that big smile on his face as well they're now concerning looks for whatever reason okay, don't show me let's show the car there you go through a rouge goes sally yollock and adrian delina delina launched through running on there again onto the rear end of the aston martin looking any inch he can grab back down the kimmel straight again watch yollock straight line this time though yes he's done it yes he's done it it was that firing up through the uh, uh through radion Ah, right. Okay, so Zergai also, of course, supporting the Ed Corsa yellow Ferrari. So he's not too bothered about Bassoff. What he's keen about is Adrian Delina finally breaking this stranglehold that Sally Yolok has had on fourth position for many, many laps now. And yes, he was trying to think alternatively, I think, outside of the box. Right, I can't get past him there. I've tried that and that hasn't worked. What about if I get a good run through Radion and find an inside line at the end of the Camel Straight? And there you go, all becomes clear. But it, uh, the stars had to align for that to work. And finally, he's into fourth position, Adrian Delina. So what's the gap gonna be? Something like 14 seconds back to or up the road to Hiroshi Hamaguchi in the Triple F Racing McLaren. But the clock has been ticking down, of course, and that mm -hmm. means we've been eating up the time for Adrian Delena in that car. Hamaguchi, meanwhile, is having a pretty lonely race here. It's about 8.2 seconds, the lead gap between Basov and Perfetti in this car. There's Hamaguchi coming to a Blanchimont behind. He's a further seven and a half seconds back from perfetti then as johnny says it's about 12 seconds back to adrian delona's bright yellow ferrari they are your top four with sally yollock tugging in behind just keeping Victor Shaitart suits up Sally Yollock tucking in behind delona sticking it out now until the end of his stint turn over the car to you fairly soon aboard this one the 72 car it'll be a lead handed over by Alexi Bassoff they'll be pleased with that here comes Perfetti class Backler due aboard the number 88 car 
then Hamaguchi to about the length of the Kimmel straight between them. And then Quaife Hobbs, the talent due to get aboard the 55 McLaren. Adrian Delina now having wriggled free of Sally Yollock puts the car's best time in for the race so far and he's got a few more opportunities to gather up some of that real estate to Hiroshi Hamaguchi but as you say with now only well five and a half minutes to go before we reach the 55 minute mark and that is the point where you can start to change drivers there's effectively a 10 minute pit window exactly halfway through this race and with most drivers or most teams electing to put their non-pro in first of all I reckon they're going to be putting their gold or silver driver in with about an hour and two or three minutes still to go in the race SMP tends to split things about 50-50 although as you said uh, Victor Scheitar already putting the fireproof balaclava on and the hands device as well he'll be ready to go now because that car will be due in potentially in about five minutes time replay of Alexi Bassoff on the limit using plenty of curb there I think part of him would like somebody to race with at this stage but also just racing a brand new Ferrari 488 at top speed breakneck speed around this Spa-Francorchamps circuit is entertaining enough I guess at times and he's already pulled off potentially the overtake of the meeting around the outside of Hiroshi Hamaguchi through Piff Path. Going to offer a bit of a, um, a theory on the Sally Yulluk uh, overtake badger and Delena. We saw Delena really aggressively up through Rouge and Radion. That came just after Sally Yulluk got a warning flag for track limits. Um, and it was a warning flag for track limits at Radion. Now I'm wondering whether that just... Well, certainly, Delaney will have seen that. He will have known that uh, that would have given him food for thought that time through. And I wonder whether that's when he chose to pounce. He took not a liberty, but he took the chances he had to at a point where, critically, Sally Yellow had been warned he shouldn't. That might have made the difference. 68 minutes remain. And this is Ivor Dunbar running in ninth position, about to be lapped by the leader. Driver will hand over to newly retired professional racing driver Johnny Molan. What does that mean? It means that uh, Johnny will no longer be seeking employ in a professional context in international motorsport. He will continue through his consultancy to support the likes of Ivor Dunbar and potentially others moving forward. Long and very successful career, Johnny Molan. Two 488s together on track then, one putting a lap on the other and still conversations being had at Amato Ferrari's team. One car sadly no longer in the race, that of Thomas Fleur and Francesco Castellacci. We heard from Francesco a little earlier on speaking to Charlie George. One of their cars, this one in effect, although it's an SMP racing entered machine, it's kind of run by AF Corsa. It needs the race, and of course we've seen that moment with Adrian Delina finally getting by Sally Yollock. Egidio Perfetti though, she's gone through sector one quicker than anybody else has managed so far. It's under eight seconds the gap, but uh, just by a tenth or two, not making massive inroads at any point now into the advantage of the 72 car. It's, it's, uh, Ivor Dunbar lapped 
in the number 25 car, FF Corsa, run from their workshops at Silverstone Circuit. This pass-off on the whole is quicker than Perfetti and Hiroshi Hamaguchi. As you say, there are times when some of that time is uh, gained back again, but not at uh, as, as consistent rate as would be required to close that seven and a half second gap. There's a the race leader then, out of Radion, crossing the blend line in that direction. You are allowed to do. We're not actually using that part of the pit lane for these cars anyway. So we will, I expect, the cars, once they come to their pit stops, to peel off right at the chicane that ends the lap. Perfetti trying to warn Ivor Dunbar that he's on his way and requires absolutely no delay whatsoever. Thank you, <laughs> Ivor. Good theory. Let's see how Ivor deals with this one. It's another part of the skill set. Sticks over to the left-hand side, sees the blue flag, obeys the blue flag, pulls out, and that is exactly that's another of the things you're here to learn. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Keeping an eye on the mirrors and making sure that you don't you can go at your own pace, but don't disrupt other people's race if that's uh, what you're going to do. Perfetti, by the way, fastest uh, first sector of the race through that time. So it's another half a second out of Alexei Basov. The gap is now under seven seconds. So he's making inroads. We saw this last time out, you know, uh, towards the end of the the first stint for the SMP car is that all of a sudden the pace just fell out of it and is it Alexei Basov just feeling a little bit of fatigue? Is the life going out of those tyres? Well, we'll see. 65 minutes remain. Of course we've got, uh, well, I presume it's Klaus Beckler, is it? Rather Klaus Beckler. It okay. should be Klaus Beckler. I saw Klaus Beckler in the, in the garage, so I'm guessing he's in the car. Fine. I have a B Beckler on my list which is a mixture of Ben Barker and uh, Klaus Beckler, I think. That's clever. <laughs> which confused me for a moment. I thought, right, has, has Klaus got a brother? Anyway, so Klaus Beckler we expect to be in the Porsche. Can he be quicker than Victor Scheitar over stint two? Because this could get very interesting. Yes, these cars are going to pit on the first bit of the pit lane rather than further around in the support paddock. And the 88 Porsche is the first to blink. Yes, it is. So from second position, that car is in, and I said 55 minutes is the key. Well, they're just inside of that now, or just outside of it, if you like. They've run just over 55 minutes, leaving an hour and two or three minutes for Klaus Beckler. I can certainly tell you that's definitely, definitely not uh, Ben Barker, because he's about a foot shorter than Ben Barker. Yes. And so you've seen that Klaus is here this weekend, so it's Absolutely. got to be him. Meanwhile, just behind in that shot you've got the Aston Martin that stopped earlier on and sadly he's out of the race with clutch related problems Ivor Dunbar in the number 25 FF Corsa Ferrari has stopped as well the dark blue car to hand over to Johnny Molan yeah. again we just were talking about Johnny Molan will have part of the bath chair taken off the picnic rug put down his uh, jar of cocoa he's a newly retired professional racing driver and will be getting back aboard his turbocharged Ferrari hmm familiar surroundings absolutely like putting on a pair of old slippers I'm sure for Johnny this sport, I think, is not very easy to retire from. You just need to talk to Mark Patterson about that. Yeah, he's retired more times than Tom Jones. You know. Yeah, if you... yeah. Farewell tour. Only you're going to be back for the next race and the one after that too. I gather it's uh, it's his wife. Basically, he goes home. She gets tired of him and says, "Why don't you go, go motor racing again? <laughs> go on, dear. Off you go. Get rid of you for another weekend." 
Lights off, lights back on again. That suggests the engine has started for Klaus Bachler. He's just waiting for the clock to tick down. This is a minimum pit stop time. So no concern the car hasn't moved yet. And pitting at the number 60 crew, interestingly, is the... Is that 71? That is yes. the 71 car. Mads Rasmussen to hand over to Philippe Barreros. So... Perfetti to hand over to Backlet. We'll see that car back in the race at the moment, uh, in a second rather. Alexi Bassoff then, still the race leader from Hiroshi Hamaguchi now. Adrian Delina up to third, so he got up fourth, and here is the leader. DBS will be taking over from Cedric Mazar as well. Class Backlet does indeed join the race. The Dunbar still shown as at the wheel of that car, but we've seen Johnny Mullen getting aboard. Knocks the post out of the way for the 51. Don't come to the. Uh, that will be the 51 from the GMS. Um, yeah. So it gets pass off. It gets shite off. Pass off has stopped entirely correct, Garrett. People are going to start thinking. That's not this pick, Garrett. The guys have started working on the car anyway, so they were expecting some kind of Ferrari in. And shite are now being helped into the driver's seat. An insert required. And the six point harness will now be. Connected up. For, for now, at least, Hamaguchi goes through the lead for with the McLaren. Splash of fuel there as the hose was released. But all of the uh, the staff, the personnel there, are well protected in their Nomex overalls. A load of dust kicked up, then that will have been the inlap, won't it, for Alexi Asov down at Campus Corner. And scrub tyres going on to the rear of that Ferrari. So used Michelins for the number 72 car, but they'll be good for a stint. And Victor Scheitar about to rejoin. We'll need to keep our eye though on Klaus Backler. Again, kicking up a load of dust, but at that time, staying within the confines of the track limits. So the dust has really built up, particularly at Fania Corner and then down at Campos as well. Trying to restart, fires into life, and the mechanic, the just in front of the car, counting down the last few seconds for Victor Scheitart, and he's back up and running. The crew seemed very, very happy with that stop, and through it goes. Now, here is Backlet coming through to turn 18 now. Remember, the gap was six and a half seconds prior to the stops, so Backlet really hammering on through the chicane here in this brand new 991 spec Porsche 911 in GT3 configuration and the Ferrari already back out again, so Victor Scheitar down the hill towards Eau Rouge meanwhile Backlet will be negotiating the source and we have reached half distance in the race 59 minutes 50 seconds to go and that's how long Klaus Battler has, and everybody else in the race have, to try and reel in Victor Scheitart. I think kind of task that uh, someone like Klaus Battler really relishes. It's attacker gap. Porsche specialist, you can see there, turning in. It's uh, Incom Samaguchi from the lead. This will be Adrian Crave, Crave Hobbs to take over this car. As we saw the Porsche blasting through Radion, we could see the Ferrari turning into Lecon, but the end of the Kemmel Strait. Yeah, so the whole of the Kemmel Strait as a lead, which is a tidy advantage heading into the second hour of a two-hour race. 
Stepping out, Hiroshi Hamaguchi. Like one of the belts that I thought from Hiroshi. In comes, meanwhile, Sonny Hillock. Sonny hits from second position. 14 seconds back, by the way, from Delaney by the time he came in. So he dropped right back there, and has overshot his pits as well. Yeah, he has, so that's cost the team a little bit of time. The fuel goes in, although the clock will have started, of course, when the car came to a halt. So they'll need to do the rest of the stop swiftly just to make sure that they get out as close to the minimum reference time as possible. You and Hanky in and sets to work on making sure he's bolted in safely. The gap, by the way, between the two lead cars is 10 seconds, 10.3 seconds through the first time sector with both of them running, but that's come right down and, as, of course, will do. 6.7 seconds of real gap, so actually it's more or less the same now we see the relative quality of Thomas Battler against Victor Scheitar. Been fumbling around a little bit down at Triple F. I hope that wasn't a wheel gun issue. Making sure that it was uh, going the right direction. Front left wheel on the 35 car is on. It's a very dusty looking rear left with brand new Michelin by the looks of things going on that Aston Martin so you and Hanky now at the wheel again they're waiting for the clock to head to zero so the last few seconds ticking by he'll get the signal to start the engine and then be sent back into the race oh and stall it Ewan Hanky stalls the car he got it fired back into life very quickly but that was at least two seconds cost uh, delay and a Ferrari in the distance starting to work its way back into the race as well. And that may well have been the yes, yellow car, wasn't yeah, it? Very Delena, so rejoins timed in fourth position. Yeah, so replacing Adrian Delena, Pierre Marie. And a driver out on track that I've not got on any entry list that I've got here, and that's in the number 26 car, Santa Marta. Not Sahila Yari. No. No, that was changed, I think, with the with his co-driver. Santamato was involved in free practice earlier on in the weekend with Eric K. Roll. Yes, they've been shuffling their driver lineup a little bit this weekend. And Sahila Yari was on the initial entry list, you're quite right. Victor Shaitar is losing time here, and he's losing time pretty radically to Klaus Backler. The gap is under five seconds now. This is the start of the race, by the way, an hour ago, an hour and five minutes ago, and unbelievably, everyone got through uh, La Source for the first time, and indeed Eau Rouge and Radion. What we didn't quite manage was a clean run then through the second lap. This was a good move from Sally Gullock coming from a long, long way back, and there was the clash, sadly, between the Lamborghini Huracan of Barwell Motorsport and the number 51 AF Corsa Ferrari of Thomas Fleur both cars eliminated on the spot and the right hand side of the Lamborghini Huracan, thankfully the passenger side, heavily stoved in there. Um, we would have been concerned about uh, Mark Poole had he been sat on that side of the car but he was able to limp the car a bit further down the hill before he realised this was a lost cause sadly, car too badly damaged. In several incidents where cars have run slightly offline and then not been able to get that moment back again, such as the amount of dust around the spa circuit this weekend tire pickup and uh, 
dust and dirt here and there. Let's hand down to Charlie George though, with a quick word from Adidio Perfetti. Down here at Mentos Racing with the video. A great opening stint from you there. Klaus is in the car at the moment. Has he got what it takes to catch that Ferrari? Oh, I definitely hope so, and I think so. I think uh, if we have a chance, uh, this is it, and uh, we are all uh, looking forward to it. We'll see. I think the first sector I saw was a second faster, but obviously we pitted before the Ferrari. So we'll have to see once uh, they got uh, their tyres stabilised, what the pace. And you certainly look like you enjoyed your stint around Spa. Yeah, yeah, quite exciting. I think after the safety car, it was a bit tricky to get the, the grip in the front tires, but I truly enjoyed it. I think <laughs> it's not every day that you get to overtake on the inside over there. So, no, it was fun. And Eau Rouge is, uh, is incredible. <laughs> Thank you and good luck. Thank you so much. Well, while that interview has been going on, Johnny, um, there was extraordinary progress being made by uh, Klaus Backley. Just, just two, mate, yeah. Absolutely fastest lap of the race last time around at 2.21.934, exactly to the thousandth, two seconds faster on the last lap than the leader. Uh, quicker again in sector one, the gap is now down to three seconds. I did wonder whether Victor Scheiter might be able to show quite as much pace as Klaus Bachler can offer. Truly revved up ahead of this stint. We have seen Ben Barker at the wheel of that Porsche earlier on in the season, but it's been Klaus for the main part. He was lined up, remember, at Imola to take charge of that car and didn't quite get to his stint, but for a mistake from Perfetti through the first sequence of corners on that opening lap. This partnership is really maturing nicely now between Perfetti and Bachler, and this time around, well, Adrian Quaife Hobbs seemingly going quicker than the two guys up ahead as well because he's just picked out the best sector two time of uh, anybody. Well, significantly this time, no advantage whatsoever taking the middle sector by the number 72 over the Porsche. That's where the Ferrari has been really pulling out an advantage in the tight and tricky part of the circuit. Um, does pull out a tenth, but it's 3.1 seconds is the advantage now for Victor Scheitar. Trying to reel my memory back to the last race when we saw a similar kind of uh, pattern. I think it takes a little wee while for that Ferrari 408 to switch on the tyres. Yeah, yeah, that might be uh, a good shout, and that's certainly what uh, Isidio was suggesting. And meantime, fastest lap of the race does go indeed to, it's uh, not Hiroshi Hamaguchi, it's the time screen telling us it is Adrian Quay-Fobbs, it's a 221.072, takes a second out of the second place car ahead, and a second and a half out of the leader. So the gap first to third now is 15.0 seconds. Into Lecom, the sun setting in the distance there, Klaus Bachler, second position and using plenty of curve on the exit of that corner down the hill into Bruxelles and the track continues to drop away from the Austrian and the number 25 pit stop is now under investigation you can see and the number 8 is about to pop up with the same message okay. so the pit stop that puts uh, Johnny Molum into the 25 car and the pit stop that puts Stevie S into the number 8 are both being looked at and car 72, the race leader, being told by race control that uh, that car must respect the track limits at Radion Corner. Which is easy to run wide out of, but clearly it's been pinged by the observers on a couple of occasions now. Also, Adrian Quay Hobbs being warned the track limits at the end of the lap, turn 19, which is the second portion 
second part of the chicane nearly down to just 50 minutes of this race to go 3.2 seconds the gap then between race leader Victor Scheitart and Klaus Bechler but we're getting into that portion now where these tyres will start to come into their own potentially for that Ferrari 488 the Michelin tyres that were put onto the Ferrari were scrubbed I think but uh, maybe just takes a little while for them to get into their operating temperature this pair getting closer and closer 3.2 seconds through the last sector 3.1 now but Quaife Hobbs behind is putting in some storming sector times uh, purple sectors in both the first two sectors though Ewan Hankey just edges that time it's a 220.568 now from Edwin Quaife Hobbs the gap under 14 seconds the leader 10 seconds now to the second place class battler bottoming him out rather at the uh, lower part of Eau Rouge and then up over the top at Radion Corner through the King onto the Kemmel Strait and the headlights of these cars really penetrating not uh, darkness but evening light here at Spa-Francorchamps we are now at 20 to 7 local time traffic coming for the leader it's the 71 car I think that's ahead on the road here it is so this could be critical at Bruxelles and yes yeah, a tricky place to encounter traffic this because from this point down to kind of campus corner and Paul Kerr Paul Frere tends to be one racing line although well, try telling that to Alexi Bassoff who overtakes people around the outside of Fania corner a little bit of concern on the Junior Perfetti's face perhaps not a bit of chatter on the radio as well I just wondered whether they may the team may have received a a warning message from race control as Beckler with the lights now flashing to warn that his Porsche is a touch quicker than the Philippe Barreros driven Ferrari and did that cost any time for the 72 coming by the 71 we'll see with the second times through sector two in a moment or two Beckler again seesawing at the wheel at campus corner getting his Porsche through that right-hander as quickly as he dares curve Paul Frere and now Blanchemont still over three quarters of an hour of the race to go for the 88 Porsche in second the 72 Ferrari that leads the race heading up to the bus stop to complete at lap 28 now loses a little bit of time in the middle sector still hasn't passed the 71 goes up the inside now through the bus stop now he's got clear air but behind uh, Adrian Quaife Hobbs continues to hammer the sector times quickest of all by a second a full second uh, quicker than the second place Porsche in the middle sector 3.3 seconds at the end of the lap is the gap for the leaders it is 11.7 from the leader with another fastest lap of the race from Quaife Hobbs at 220.313 uh, that is fully two seconds quicker than the two cars ahead albeit that they had to pass a car on that lap into a rouge Porsche from Ferrari sorry from McLaren rather and then the Aston Martin of Ewan Hankey but it's a Ferrari 488 that leads the race Ferrari number 71 having just been lapped so that's not in contention there is Adrian Quay Hobbs though who is managing to set fastest lap followed by fastest lap it's a 220.313 now set by the Brit on lap 28 working his way out of Lecom and past the campsites there in the distance 
into the braking area at Bruxelles corner, managing to heave the car from driver's left to driver's right to find the apex. And again, careful not to use too much of the runoff on the exit of turn number nine. Back with the race leader. And Victor Scheitar is at Campus Court, so he's at uh, Fanya Corner, rather. Gap under three seconds through the last sector. Another good first sector from Klaus Backler. Better one, much better one from Quaife Hobbs. Takes a further six tenths out of Backler, a second out of Scheitar. Gap under 11 seconds now. Caught a glimpse there, there of Backler. And is this a. Oh, it's just some dust being kicked up by Shaitar, so keeping the car on the kerb for arguably a bit too long there, and a couple of the right-hand wheels uh, clipping the grass and what is very dry turf underneath that, so uh, that threw up a great cloud of dust into the face of Klaus Bachler behind. Adrian Quaife Hobbs ch charging his way into the chicane, but we'll get an update from Charlie in the pit lane. Yeah, I'm here with Rio Hamaguchi. Rio, um, Adrian Quaypobs is out in the car at the moment. He's having a storming session, isn't he? Yes, he is. Um, uh, for me, it was my first ever race in Spa, so I didn't really have a good stint, but it's just an experience, and I hope Adrian can catch those two on the top. So, your first time at Spa, tell us about that. I mean, that must be an incredible experience. It is. This, this is amazing. I mean, Eau Rouge to Branchmont and all that. This is, this is something I have dreamed of, and uh, I'm, I'm just lucky to be in this truck with GT3 cars. Absolutely, and of course, a podium place, if possible, would be a great result after a disappointing time last time out. I think so. I think podium is quite uh, quite there, but uh, I hope Adrian can, can uh, get it to the P1. Thank you. Good luck. Thank you. And that right there, Johnny, is what this is all about. That is Hiroshi Hamaguchi, who, by the way, his English is better than mine. Yeah. Um, just living the dream, loving this car, loving this track, loving this series. They've not had the best of luck, but still he comes back, hammers away at this, and he wants to win. At the moment, I wouldn't put money against it, because Adrian Quaife Hobbs is hammering around. Another second taken out of Victor Scheitar in the first sector of that lap. A half a second on the last lap as a total, 10.4 seconds now back from the leader and we're going to have to start talking pretty soon about the gap to second place because he's closing in about 7.2 seconds back at the moment from Klaus Backler. And whereas the gap from first to second has kind of stabilised now that the Ferrari, this Ferrari, has got its tyres up to temperature into the operating window, what isn't happening is the gap between second and third starting to stabilise because Adrian Quaifobbs is in a position where he can continue to up the pace by small margins, but he's managed, what, three or four different new fastest laps during his stint. And another two purple sectors. Another two purple sectors. And yeah. not just by a little bit. He's, yeah, I mean, uh, forgetting for a moment that Johnny Molan's just put by a smidge the fastest middle sector in. Well done, Johnny. Um, that was two purple sectors for a moment from Quaife Hobbs and taking a full full second out of Klaus Backler in the middle sector and a half a second in the first sector. So 1.5 seconds out of a car that is charging in second place and closing in every corner at the moment on this battle. It is now a three car battle for the win, no doubt. It's 43 minutes to go. 220.234, the new fastest lap of the race set by this car and this driver. Adrian Quaife-Hobbs 
out of the source then goes the Triple F Racing by ACM McLaren 650S. Hiroshi Hamaguchi is certainly has his eyes set on a race win. Well, there's a Porsche from Mentos Racing and an SMP Racing Ferrari that stand in their way of achieving their first victory of the year. Down the Campbell Strait goes Quave Hobbs here at the right-hander of Lecom is the number 72 Ferrari and there's the Porsche the meat in the sandwich Klaus Bachler still at the wheel of that sun in his eyes as he headed down into the braking area for Bruxelles and that's something to bear in mind the low sun will start to become a problem on certain parts of this spa circuit nine seconds is the gap first to third now and the pattern generally at the moment is Victor Scheitar loses something to Klaus Backler and then a lot to Adrian Quave Hobbs in the first sector. It evens out between the first two in the second sector, but Hobbs, the Quave Hobbs is taking further time out of both there, and it's pretty even Stevens through the third sector for all three. So this is developing for the last 40 minutes or so into really quite a uh, 200 mile an hour chess match. It's uh, going to be fun. Here we go. Next uh, bit of traffic. This is Pierre-Marie Delena. So a newer Ferrari up against the classic 458 iteration little of the uh, GT3 car. A little bit of time lost there for the yeah. 72. Let's keep an eye on what happens with the second place car. Bear in mind they're both AF Corsa cars though and Sergei uh, <laughs> Slobin maybe not too happy with a slight delay there for the race leader. Can you see the writing on the wall here? Certainly there's some concern over whether this car, the 72, can stay out front of Klaus Bechler in the white Porsche, turning right and now left at the chicane, and just out of this shot, Adrian Quay-Hobbs in the all-black, very smart delivery at McLaren, which pops into sight there. So a little bit of time lost to the leader with uh, passing Delena. That's a second loss, in fact. 2.7 seconds is the gap, but still making further inroads. It's 8.1 seconds now, Quay-Hobbs in third. That means he's 5.3 seconds back from Klaus Backler and still catching 222.7 for the leader, 221.7, so to exactly a second mm. nibbled back by the Porsche, 221.1, so 1.6 seconds taken out the lead on that lap. Here they come, there's the first two, here's the third place car now, about to go by the yellow Ferrari. Is there going to be a delay here? Is he actually going to take some advantage from the toe? I think he's more than all the points. May well be the case. Adrian Quave Hobbs will not be asked twice to lap Pierre Marie Delina. That will happen at Lecom and peering over the horizon there. Couldn't see the McLaren peeping over the top and running into Bruxelles. If it's not passed yet, then this will be uh, quite a lot of time being lost. And he is through. There we go. Adrian Quaithovs safely by the Pierre-Marie Delina-driven Ferrari. 2.226 is the gap then from Scheitar back to Klaus Backler. So through the first sector, which is, has been heavily favouring the Porsche so far. It's the second sector, though, that tends to have the pendulum swinging back. Now, how well have these three cars done through here? We're at a critical phase, I think. 40 minutes to go, 64 seconds through the second sector for the leader, Six, a 0.6 a second loss by Backlund there, that tends to be what tends to happen, now Quaife Hobbs, 64.7, he's lost a little bit of time, 8.4 is the gap between the three, 
Yeah, 2.9 separating first to second, 8.4 separating first to third. And 45 seconds further down the road, Ewan Hankey scoring points for TF Sport, remember? But as we stand, it'll be SMP Racing outperforming TF Sport by three positions. 221.5 for the leader, 221.8 for second place car puts the lead gap at three seconds it's a 221.7 first time i've seen quay fobs actually lose any time at all to the leader in quite a while it's 8.4 seconds is the gap and it's 5.4 seconds that uh, quay fobs has got to find to get on terms with battler through a rouge go the top two cars 38 minutes on the clock now and having dealt with that traffic, Victor Scheitar is into some clear air now where he can really get his head down, get into some kind of rhythm and try and forget about that ever-approaching Porsche in the rearview mirrors. Backler finds a tenth of a second through that sector. What about Adrian Quave Hobbs? 7.9 seconds, the gap from first to third. He finds two tenths to Backler, he finds four tenths to Shaitar. but that's, as I say, that's where it favours the chasing cars here at the moment. Seems to be able to gain a little bit of time here, but then lose it on the next lap. And this is the the beauty of average lap times, I suppose, where you just at the yin and yang of it tempts you into saying, yes, definitely that McLaren is catching, and then the next lap tends to equal out again, as the Porsche has a slightly better lap. 37 minutes on the clock. Last time around, a very good time from Victor Scheitar. Those tyres well and truly now within their operating window. Stevie S is also putting in some good times for that car. Doesn't look like this lap for him. Lap 32 is going to be quicker, but a 223.4 is very respectable for that car, the number eight machine of Scuderia Villalba Corsa. Personal best through sector one for Victor Scheitar. Likewise for you in Hanke and for Santimato in the number 26 classic and modern racing car. Ewan Hankey's problem of course is that the three ahead of him are going so very quickly so there's actually a 35-37 second gap to Ewan Hankey. 34 car in fourth position and let's keep an eye on this all of a sudden. Quayfarm's mm. dropping just a little bit, just a tenth here and there. That's not what we've seen now has he had at the moment the best of those tyres. Why has he picked up a bit of dirt on one of those turns? They're struggling to actually get them cleaned up. Point, uh, 3.5 seconds now is the gap between first and second. So losing six tenths of a second. Uh, Klaus Backler on that lap around and not uh, nearly a second for Adrian Quave Hobbs, as you say. So are the tyres falling off a cliff? Are they starting to stabilise, whereby Adrian Quayfobs can still push, but not to the extent that he was able to at the start of his stint? And this Ferrari seems to treat its Michelin tyres very well indeed. And once they get up to temperature, they seem to offer very consistent performance, which continues on and on and on. I'm sure that that will nosedive eventually, but no doubt SMP Racing and AF Corsa have done the calculations and that nosedive will happen after the end of the race effectively. You know, it'll all, it'll all behave itself during the stint for Victor Scheitart. 
That's yeah. the plan, anyway. Got a glimpse of Adrian Quaife Hobbs trying, trying, trying to chase, but pretty wild through speaker's corner from the McLaren. But, uh, pulled back another half a second from Shaitan on the first sector. It's the second sector, though, where the damage appears to be done. And you're right, it's the consistency of this Ferrari that continues to frustrate the uh, the opposition. 64.1 seconds through the second sector for the Ferrari. Takes a half a second out of Battler. And a moment or two, exactly the same mounts out of Quave Hobbs. It's 9.1 seconds. First to third, it's 3.8 seconds. First to second, 34 minutes remain. SMP Racing seem to have the right chassis and a wonderful driver lineup in the form of Shaitar and Bassoff. And they're going to take some stopping in this race and indeed for the very first Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. The Ingenio Perfetti and Class Bechler combination, well, it's Perfetti really who's been scoring the points throughout the season, as we've said, has had different co drivers. Uh, with Ben Barker joining him during the Paul Ricard weekend. So it's Perfetti for the 88 crew that will be scoring the most amount of points. And he came here uh, behind four other drivers, the two from TS Sports and the two from SMP Racing. Plenty of uh, track and a bit more being used by Adrian Quaife Hobbs there at Eau Rouge corner. And over the top at Radion, pushing the track limits to their very edge. And now it's about Quaif Hobbs and Backler for the mm. moment at least. It's about a five second gap. Quaif Hobbs is consistently having the better of that at the moment. That's all be concentrating on first. If they keep him on the gap to the leader, I have no doubt about that. But uh, now it's actually about trying to nibble out those quarter of a second here, tenth of a second there, half a second when he can grab it. And that's the gap that's coming down the quicker at the moment. Through the left-handers at Puan corner, Hiroshi Hamaguchi can't tear his eyes away from the timing screen, just working out what Adrian Hay uh, Quaife Hobbs needs to do. Eight and a half seconds is the gap from uh, Hiroshi's car, the Quaife Hobbs-driven McLaren 650S, and the race leader of it to Shaitar. This is lap 35 now. Uh, Johnny Molum continues to side his way up the order at a good speed a 221.8 last time around for Jolly which is way way quicker than Philippe Barreros so the 25 cars running in seventh position and Six. closing in on Stevie S. Yeah, sixth not entirely out of his reach it's a it's mm. a big ask it's nearly 40 seconds the gap is going to make up but he is doing that quite consistently second and a half here a couple of seconds there despite yes's best lap of the race last time around for that individual car the number eight machine a 223.352 for the ES and Cedric Mezar combination top three over the line 4.2 seconds now in the gap as the number 26 classic in modern racing Ferrari gets another warning about uh, not respecting the track limits at turn four Quay Hobbs quicker of the three again that time to a 21.2 against a 0.7 and a 0.9 for the first and second cars respectively 
his comfort zone. You know, he, he wants to be a second and two closer than that. There's just something about those those gaps as they come down by that kind of margin. It just adds something else. There you go, top three, all on the Kemmel straight together. Mm. Yep, that's what 8.8 .8 seconds looks like from Shaitar all the way back to Adrian Quay-Fobbs. It's 4.2 seconds now, battle to Quay-Fobbs, and that comes courtesy of another blinding first sector from the 55 car. Seems to be the only one that can actually get under 40 seconds there. Takes 6 tenths out of the leader, takes 4 tenths out of Battler. So it's almost even Stevens, the gap between the three of them now. Four seconds to the lead, four seconds to the third place from the second place car, eight seconds to the gap between the two. Three, rather. This is kind of the scenario that we saw at Paul Ricard, where the cars battling for the lead of the race, the win, came out of their pit stop, from the pit stops, at very different rates, it would seem. And if you'd extrapolated those rates through to the end of the race, then we would have seen place changes. but what we didn't take into account is how the tyres can stabilise on one car and maybe stabilise at a slightly different rate on, for example, the Porsche. Is this a place change or that's, just that's, no, that's, a bit of lap you and Hankey in fourth position. That gives you an idea of the gap now because yep. it's been a long while since the lead three came by through number 71 car of Felipe Barreros. It's not really been in terms of podium positions on pace at the moment. So into the last quarter of the race, last half hour of the race not being TF Sports race. Now, this time through, that's the first time we've seen it for a little wee while, Quaif Hobbs made inroads into both the cars ahead of him in the middle sector. So the lap times at the end of this lap are going to be interesting. It's a 2.21.991 for the leader. It's a 2.21.941 for Klaus Backler, and it's a 2.20.8, so another second taken out, so again, mm -hmm. maybe, he's just given the tyres a little bit of a chance to recover a little, he's good at his loins, and away he goes. Yep, 3.4 seconds the gap to Klaus Backler now. The teams will be keeping these drivers updated as to the gaps, but also a lot of the drivers don't want an awful lot of distraction around what is a difficult lap seven kilometers 4.3 miles and 20 turns in total so a little buzz in the air to say yep you're up this time half a second in fact found by Adrian Quave Hobbs through one sector there gap for the leader now under seven seconds gap for second place to third is three seconds now he's found a second in the last couple of laps Quave Hobbs Backler is gonna have to start thinking about his mirrors Klaus Backler, no slouch as we know, but has kept the gap to the race leader about the same, hovering around four seconds. Even though the pace of the Porsche hasn't changed dramatically, Adrian Quaife-Hobbs is able to push a bit harder in that McLaren. As you say, just a couple of uh, laps where he wasn't asking absolutely everything of the tyre, and now he can really push again. He went through that time, the first sector, and the absolute best first sector of the race, a 39.8 first man into it, the only man so far under 40 seconds, he's done done that countless times. So like a further half a second in the first sector from Battler and a further, what is that, eight tenths from the leader. Cars are at campus and uh, curve Paul Frere now being negotiated. Quite a bit of that yellow and red curve being taken by Adrian Quave-Hobbs but keeps two wheels the right side of the white line. 
heading for Blanchemont, the fastest part of the circuit. Well, one of the fastest, Camel Strike's pretty quick as well. Into the chicane though, the race leader is already there. Careful not to clobber the very large sleeping policeman type curbs on the inside of uh, turn 18 and 19. Over the line, 27 minutes to go now. 221.643, a great time from Klaus Bachler. That's the car's best time. And also Adrian Quave Hobbs at 221.655. These times are very, very close to one another. Indeed, both second and third that time took a significant chunk, third of a second out of the lead. Three, under four seconds near the gap for the, the lead. And it's still 3.5 back to Edwin Quave-Hobbs, so the, the, uh, the gap between the top three, 7.4 seconds now, 26 minutes remaining, and it's not going to take very many laps with that kind of gain for this to get mm. well, even more interesting than it already is, and it's already pretty darn interesting. Yep, the event at Ricard promised perhaps a little more than it in the end delivered, but this is the, the second wave, I suppose, of an attack from both Klaus Beckler and Adrian Quave Hobbs and they could make it very very real indeed at the head of the order again both closed in as they have been doing since the start of the second stint in sector one under three and a half seconds now from Backler to Shaitar 3.2 to Quave Hobbs back in third position as Johnny Molan Gets the naughty boy flag. Mm -hmm. Constant abuse of track limits at turns 4 and 19. That's Radion and the final turn. And of course, that's an accumulative affair for the car. So it might have been either Dunbar who ticked off one or two of those warning flags earlier on. Normally, you get a warning on the screen, then it'll be a flag, and then you'll. Oh, it's specifically Roland. Okay. It does say so. Well, normally, though, if you incur a penalty, for example, your non-pro gets a, a warning flag. If the car then goes off the track limits during your stint for the pro driver, you still, still can Absolutely, 100%, because it's about the advantage you take as a team. Yeah. It's a team sport. Yeah. And obviously the pros, if they're getting into a car which has already been warned during the opening stint, then you, it's almost like joining a football match from the substitute's bench with already a yellow card. Absolutely. And you have to... Uh, approach the race accordingly and be extra cautious at the source race leader getting pretty dark out there now they'll need these headlights if they were to race till about eight o'clock certainly we will have lost most of that light it'll be a 7.30 finish here 24 minutes remain now the gap first to third now down to seven seconds a better lap that time than either the cars ahead by three or four tenths by the third place, Edwin Quaife Hobbs, he'll appear remarkably quickly now. There you are. That's the, the lead three. 3.9 seconds is the lead gap. 3.4 after this, after sector one, where we know it falls into the laps of the chasing cars. It's 6.6 .6 seconds to the third place car. And it's 3.1 battler to Quaife Hobbs feeling intense and I think we're going to be until the flag here Johnny mm -hmm. yes this is almost a, a hypnotic end to the race you can't take your eyes off the screen at the moment there's not huge amounts changing but you just get the sense that these three cars could be right with each other 
in the final few laps, will we have enough of the race still to go uh, by the point where you know the overtaking needs to happen? I wonder. Meantime, Johnny Mullins' uh, pursuit of Stuhier has got it down to 33 seconds. It's going to be over because Johnny is going to get a drive-through penalty. The car was refueled, I'm afraid, with the engine still running, and that is a no-no. Yeah. So drive-through. And regardless of the track limits issue, that's entirely unrelated. Also getting uh, word now that the number eight car... Oh, Steve, yes, so maybe it's not all over. ...used the ELMS air hose system rather than its own, presumably. The what? air hose system, what, to jack the car up, that would have been? Yes, will have been. Rather than the fueling rig. I remember one car was using the 60 fueling rig for Formula Racing in the ELMS. Presumably you are allowed to do that, but you're not allowed to use ELMS spec uh, air guns or air systems to jack the car up on its internal jacks. 25, you can see flashing there, is a warning to car 25. That will be the drive-through being communicated to Johnny Molin. As the number 72 Ferrari turns right at the source to start another lap. This will be lap 40 then for Victor Scheitar, leading by three and a half seconds from Klaus Backlet. Adrian Quaifobs remaining in third position. Ewan Hankey we've not seen for a while, but rest assured he's still circulating in fourth. And, and it's quickly. Yep. Yeah, 30, well, it will be 39 laps done for Ewan in a moment or two. And Santa Marto in the number 26 car is in fifth still. We're now in the realms, Johnny, of any minor error here could have a dramatic effect. So just running wide and losing a second could have a dramatic effect. It would just basically just give another big impetus there to the car, the car or cars chasing, depending who it's going to be, if it happens. But uh, these guys are fully on it. Glowing exhausts from the, from the McLaren there. And as darkness descends, this place just takes on a whole new complexion. The atmosphere is ramped up the extra level. Sadly, we won't be into full-on darkness, as you might get for a 24-hour race held here early on in the year. But the headlights are becoming a necessity. Traffic again. It's, uh, I think it's Pierre-Marie Delena again. Has he been back down pit lane? Pierre-Marie Delena has pitted just once. So, but there's a yellow Ferrari ahead. Okay, so yeah, the yeah, there he is. SMP racing cars managed to deal with that car. Well, that's a bit odd. It wasn't that long ago when these no. leaders had to go by. Uh, I don't think he's been off somewhere and rejoined, or. Quite possible. As we concentrate on the leading trio, and they're still finding time, unbelievably. Through sector one, Victor Schleitar has gone quicker than that car's managed so far, and a personal best through sector one for Klaus Backler as well. But both lost time. In the case of Klaus Backler, just a tenth to Quake Hobbs, but in the case of Schleitar, half a second. Yep. So the gap, one to three, is now under six and a half seconds, and Quake Hobbs has got the gap to Klaus Backler under three seconds. 3.5 first to second. Under three, as Graham says, second to third. And all three in the 221s. It's been metronomic. It has. In a really good very, way. Very, very few mistakes from any of these three drivers. And interesting to see how, well, how the balance of performance affects things, I suppose, and also how the tyre wear or the tyre performance is affected, whether they, these tyres, Michelin tyres, are strapped to a McLaren, a Porsche, 
or a Ferrari 488. Already flashing the lights, Victor Scheitart, to make sure that the car up ahead that is about to be lapped. I think that's Stevie S. Stevie S in the 8 car, may well be. 2.959 seconds, the gap from the Porsche in second position and this McLaren 650S. And there is a mere Formula Ford race now between these cars and the chequered flag. So we're getting to the really important part of this two-hour enduro around the full Grand Prix configuration of the Spa-Francorchamps circuit, seven kilometres. And there are the three cars contesting the podium. Gap under six seconds now. First to third. That's what that looks like. 18 and a half minutes. 40 laps up, by the way. Shaitar circulating now in sector two on his first on his forty-first uh, run, rather, and at a Campos corner goes that machine taking plenty of curve again, not excessively. Eighteen minutes to go for the Russian crew, and run by AF Corsa. Ewan Hackey still there in fourth place. Then it's Santa Mato, the late entry for classic and modern racing, replacing uh, Saheli Yari. Stevie S still sixth, seventh place. Johnny Moeller, eighth position. Philippe Barreros and ninth position for Philippe, uh, sorry, Pierre Marie Deline. And sadly, we started with 12 cars. Three of those were lost relatively early on. Certainly, the Thomas Fleur. Mark Paul cars have not been seen since lap two after they clashed at the source. Onto lap 42, 2.8 seconds. Klaus Backler needs to find to get alongside Victor Scheiter at least. It's a further two points. It's another 2.8 seconds. It's identical gaps under three seconds, both of them. First to second, second to third. 5.6 seconds is the gap between all three. And still, Quaife Hobbs is nibbling time out of both. Traffic now for the leader. And we're at the part, part of the race here where this could make a big difference. If he loses just even a fraction of a second here, it's going to be enough to get one of these guys almost on his boot lid. Still haven't had the drive through taken by the number eight car for the use of the LMS air hose system left the car it's, it's a further half a second lost through sector one It'll, well the normal pattern will be that uh, Victor Scheitar grabs that time back he's now right behind Stevie S and probably the part of the circuit he didn't want that to happen because this is where he can use when there's superiority under the 488 against the chasing Porsche and McLaren. Indeed, it is a slightly slower time for him through this time. He hasn't been able to take the advantage he could. It's 5.4 seconds is the gap first to third. 2.6, it comes down a little to Klaus Backler. 15 minutes to go. Could this come down to a last lap, last gasp 
three car. He still hasn't passed the number eight car. Is Vignette going to take his uh, drive through now? He does. That still cost, I think, the 72 car just a little time. 2.22.1 one last time through. 2.22.3 this time through. Against a 2.21.6 for the chasing class back. A 2.1 seconds the gap. 2.22 dead for Adrian Quaife Hobbs. 5.3 seconds covering the top three. A couple more laps like that, and these guys are going to be about 1.5 seconds apart each. So time lost there by Quave Hobbs. Lights looking ever brighter in the camera. So we lose some of the ambient lights around. And for the first time, we see the lead gap under two seconds. And the, the gap first to third under five. So all of a sudden the gain, I think being very much in the way of McLaren on Porsche, it's Porsche on Ferrari now. And Victor Scheisser most certainly knows he's got a race on his hands. Tsibasov, keeping a close eye on what's going on. Looks fairly relaxed at the moment. Yes, of course, uh, rejoining after that drive through. for Edwin Quave Hobbs, so I'm kicking up the dirt in the background, he's lost some a little bit of time there, he's lost a second and a half to this battle, 6.6 .6 seconds, the first mistake has come the way of the McLaren driver, by the look of things. Klaus Backler, I think has got a little bit of target acquired here, can he deliver? 2.21.6 for the leader, 2.21.4 for Backler, 1.9 seconds at the end of the lap. And Quaife Hobbs. He's pitted, he's in the pits. It's a problem for the McLaren. Now what has happened here? Has he picked up a puncture? It's a problem at the left rear for the McLaren. And how close is Ewan Hankey? Left rear problem for the McLaren, and we're wait waiting for uh, Ewan Hankey to come through. Something, it is, it's a puncher. It's a puncher inside. And a further issue, there's something, some debris in the wheel arch, I think. delaminated and I think the debris from the tyre is that's going to put Ewan Hankey through and has already onto the podium yet more bad luck for this McLaren team absolutely astonishing although all this is happening by the way first battler is under one and a half seconds away from the lead and that is bitter bitter goal 
for this McLaren team that looked like they could even be in contention for the win with a fighting drive back from Adrian Quave Hobbs. That seemed to go wrong in the middle sector, dropped about a second and a half. I thought maybe it just had a bit of a wide moment, but it looked like that's where that tyre, Johnny Palmer, delaminated on the inside edge. Just shows, doesn't it, how hard Adrian Quave Hobbs was pushing, and when you push these Michelin tyres to their limit, then they can get to breaking point. But he had no other option. You've got to close on these two cars, and if the car breaks or if the tyres pop on your way through there, then so be it. And yeah, real bad luck that for the 55 crew. I really hope they return in 17 in the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup because that win has eluded them up until this point. There's still one more round to go, of course, at Estoril. But uh, that, that team particularly has shown real promise for me, the Triple F Racing crew, particularly Hiroshi Hamaguchi. I think we've got a, a talent on our hands there. And, a, and he's enthusiastic about it as well. Craig yep. Hobbs, by the way, has rejoined in fifth. He's dropped in behind Santa Marto. 2.1 seconds the gap so it's extended very slightly first to second now but Klaus Backler is also no doubt pushing his Michelin tyres so let's hope not their limit but that'll be uh, somewhat bald I'm sure towards the end of this stint because he is pushing absolutely every last element out of that car with the carrot of Victor Scheitel getting slightly larger on the horizon with every lap apart from the last one where he lost a bit of time but he's got all that back again 1.7 seconds now between Chaitar and Klaus Bachler as they break the beam at the end of the first sector the key is here it's in this second sector where he needs not to lose the time if he can just not lose time he's actually picking up enough in the remainder of the lap to get onto terms of the Ferrari and this is where consistently the Porsche has lost out by three four five six tenths mm -hmm. uh, he's picking up time in the first and often the third sector it's the middle sector where the Porsche where the Porsche has got a disadvantage to the Ferrari He's using that age-old tactic and flashing the lights to persuade him to pull over and let him buy politely. It's never worked since I've been watching motorsport, but you never do know. By the way, Santa Marto has also gained a spot because of Adrian Quaife Hobbs' issue with the rear left puncture. So the 27-26 car, rather, classic modern racing machine, on course for a, a very good result here at Spa. I should say, by the way, I, I'm going to revise what I said because I said use the P word uh, first. I don't think that tyre punctured. I think it had just delaminated. Delaminated. Okay. Yes. The, the tyre was still fully inflated, but the inside edge of the car, the uh, tyre had just come oh, come apart. Away. Mm. Under the um, well, what can you say? Torture of you and of you and of Adrian Quave Hobbs, been hang, handing it out to that Michelin like the Spanish Inquisition. Lap after lap after lap of fastest laps here, finally paid the uh, paid the price. 2.1 seconds, the end of the second sector. What's it going to be at the line? 2.20 for the leader. 2.21.8 for the chasing Klaus Backler. 1.9 seconds, the gap. Eight minutes remaining. Yeah, the guys at the Porsche Crew Mentos Racing. Have been pouring over these lap times coming in. Egidio Buffetti, conspicuous by his absence there. He's been in frame ever since he got out of the car. Maybe he's uh, sneaked out the back just to have a little bit of a breather and to take the pressure off. He'll be back for the final five minutes, be assured of that. Klaus Backlet continues to make this very entertaining indeed. 
And these headlights are not getting brighter. That's just illustrative of how dark it is now down the Kemmel Strait. Able to pick those cars out in the gloom. 1.3 seconds now. That's again that half a second. He consistently grabs half a second out of the leader, but he loses that, and sometimes a little more in the middle sector. It's about these next few turns. Yeah. This race will be decided by how quickly and consistently the 72 car gets through the middle sector for the remainder of the race. And because it is such small margins, if he were to get to that SMP racing Ferrari, has he got enough to overtake? Victor Scheitart, arguably not quite, but you never know. Just being so close to Scheitart there could force him into a slight error. Seven minutes to go. Just a, just a hint of a slide from the SMP car through which is not something we've seen before. We've seen what uh, was happened to the Michelin left rear of the McLaren under the kind of punishment that's been handed out. Has Victor Scheitzer just looked after them a little bit better? 64.6 second middle sector for Scheitzer. It's a 65 second middle sector. So mm -hmm. on balance on this lap, it's only a tenth to the good for, for Backler. That's not enough. No. That's not enough. He, he needs at this stage, because it doesn't look as if Klaus is going to make an error, he needs Scheitar to make an error, just to give him the edge he needs in that middle sector, particularly to just nibble out more of an advantage. He's catching him, but not quickly enough. But 1.7 seconds is a very small margin after an hour and 55 minutes of racing, with a driver change, of course, as well. He's closed up by... 0.055 of a second, 55 thousandths of a second, that's all. So, yes. That's consistency between is. two drivers in two completely different cars, isn't it? The gap's coming down, but as Graham says, by nowhere near enough of a margin. This is lap 47 now as they begin the ascent from Eau Rouge to Radiot. Crest that rise and head down the Camel Strait. Three laps left, I think doing 221s, 222s, and there was about five and a half minutes on the clock as they started this lap. And this time Victor Scheiter does his fastest first sector of the race, reduces the damage in sector one. He's kept something in those Michelin's estimates, 1.4 seconds the gap at the point at which it gets, it compresses to the least on the lap that it gets at the end of sector one. Yeah, but it was 1.3 a lap ago, so net Klaus has lost a tenth on that last lap if you count it from the end of sector one it is about such fine tolerances here and of course particularly fine tolerances when you've got the pro drivers in the cars because the margin between their lap times in general is so slim arguably that you know that the am part of this race is slightly more entertaining because the variables are that much greater you can have a, you know you don't necessarily have the consistency that these guys at the head of the order can offer you and Hanky for example with uh, glowing front brake discs on his TF Sport Aston Victor Scheitart incredibly consistent Klaus Beckler incredibly consistent with the AM drivers and you never quite know what's going to be thrown up next and also the difference in a very quick AM driver to the slowest AM driver is significant. Most of these guys, once you put them in a GT3 car with ABS and traction control, you're talking such small margins, you're talking hundreds of a second rather than just tenths.
keeping an eye on Edwin Quaid Hobbs. By the way, catching Santa Marto for fourth. But his pace has just gone off just a little. He'll be worried, I'm sure, about those other three Michelins that are still on the car. It's just the one tyre changed in that stop. Found a quarter of a second on that lap. Still not enough, but it was more than last time around. Three minutes. And through Eau Rouge go the top two. It's all about these two cars now. Ever since Adrian Quave Hobbs was hit by a delaminating rear left tyre, Ewan Hankey on course for a podium. Of course, the frustration for the Porsche driver is that he knows how much quicker he is through that first sector, but he can't get close enough to use it. He can't get close enough for that to make a difference on track other than the gap. If you could get by him there, mm. then it becomes a completely different kettle of fish. Yes, you need to have a strong car through Eau Rouge and Radion to set yourself up to just give that little bit of an extra boost through the air that a car in front would give you down the Camel Straight. But he needs to get close enough for that to actually work. 1.2 seconds is now the gap frame. I think he's just two or three laps too short for, mm. for the, the rate of closing to do that. So he's going to have to rely at the moment on traffic. And there isn't any. No, or for Victor Schumacher to make a, a mistake, which is something he doesn't generally tend to do. But a very good control race by Victor Schumacher. Let's not let's not lose sight of the fact that there's been pressure here. He's been able to be I'm sure he's been told that that gap is coming down, lap by lap. It hasn't affected his pace one iota. Consistently, two twenty twos, two twenty ones. And as long as you focus on your own race rather than what's going on around you and sort of departmentalise things where possible, then you're more or less unshakable. And there have been some concerned looks down in the garages. And ah, now white flag being waved. This is Pierre-Marie Delina to be lapped for a third time. And he's got through, has the race now that's helped him. Yes, this has helped him without helped a shadow of a doubt. Certainly. Massively. Right. Well, what have we got now? A lap to go. Now, this is where that half a second could make a difference. Indeed. That's exactly what we were talking about just 30 seconds ago. And that's Victor Scheitar pulls to the, to the, to the outside to, to, to actually take the wider line through, expecting even potentially over and under there. Didn't have to do that. That's compromised his line a little down here. This could be really, really interesting down the Kemmel Strait. Exactly what we were saying probably couldn't happen. Traffic has now made it happen. Now, can he use the advantage he's got here up through Radion, down the Kemmel Straits? Has he got enough to get alongside and even buy the Ferrari? I don't think he has. A gap, 0.3 of a second. That was a better haul up the hill from O'Rouge. The Porsche jinks out of line, but I don't think he's going to be far enough alongside. Difficult to tell with no. the headlights dazzling us. This is the final lap of a two-hour race, and we've got two cars separated by a car length. Klaus Beckler with an incredibly impressive stint here. So too Victor Scheitar to soak up this pressure, but it's all come down to this. They are totally together now at Bruxelles Corner. There is the start-finish line away in the distance. That's where Zergai Slobin stands, waiting for his man to come back across the line in the lead of the race. But it, everything's been thrown back over to the air. It shouldn't affect the championship massively, whichever way these cars finish. But in terms of a, a first race win of the year, Mentos Racing would dearly like to take this at Spa-Francorchamps. It's going to come down to the final corner if it's going to happen, because it looks as if 
There's no advantage been taken by the Porsche in time terms in the first sector, but neither does the Ferrari seem to be able to pull away here. It's three tenths of a second at the end of sector one, coming to the end of sector two any moment now. What's it going to be? It's going to be tenths, but how many? Campus corner. 0.7 of a second may be just enough for this Ferrari to take it. Curve Paul Frere, three quarters of a second now. Is tyre wear an issue for the final run through Blanchemont and into the chicane as well? We've seen the rear left tyre on the McLaren blistering majorly, so much so that Adrian Quaife Hobbs had to stop the car. This is the point of the circuit where they had to lap Pierre Marie Delina a lap ago into the braking area, then for the chicane, and it's just going to be out of the grasp of Egidio Perfetti and Klaus Backler, who will finish such a close second at the end of round five of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Sergei Slobin is so, so happy and no doubt relieved to see that car over the line. They've been in a race. Seven tenths of a second is the gap. Keeping an eye, by the way, on that fourth place uh, fight between Santa Marta and Quave Hobbs. That was down to the first sector to, what is that? It's under a second. It's under a second. It's about seven tenths of a second. And they two are on their last lap now. Ewan Hankey will come through to take third position. So we'll complete the podium with the 34 TF Sport Aston Martin. Stevie S comes uh, home a lap down in sixth. But what is the gap going to be for the cars in that chase for fourth position after that late pit stop robbed Adrian Quaife Hobbs and the rookie Amigishi from a potential podium at, at worst. There's uh, Amato Ferrari in the centre there AF, of AF Corsa. Here comes Hanky to complete the race for the 34 car, but a good season for them. Mm. 49 laps in total we got through in the two hours and finishing uh, 72 seconds adrift of the race winners, Ewan Hankey in the number 34 TF Sport Aston Martin, but it does mean that that car finishes on the podium. A few more points gathered back as far as uh, SMP racing are concerned in the team's championship, and this is very close indeed across the line for fourth place, but it's Santa Marto who just about gets it with Eric K. Roll, his co-driver for Classic and Modern Racing. And Santa Marto very, very happy with that indeed, weaving from left to right. He kept behind him the recovering Adrian Quaife Hobbs. That came courtesy, by the way, of a cracking middle and f uh, final sector from the Ferrari man. Quaife Hobbs was coming, coming very quickly. Yeah. Good race. So very good race. Full marks, full points to SMP Racing in the team's championship takes them to 77 and it'll be 15 points for TF Sport, that's uh, 82. 82, five points in it, heading for Estoril. Uh, which means that if it's a 1-2 and it goes the way of SMP Racing, they will take the title because they've got more wins. Yes, because, well, there's no one else with as many wins as SMP Racing, that's now three for the year. The opening round was won by TF Sport, that was the Imola race, and there's been a, well, actually... But Mentos Racing are not out of this. The other win, by the way, was for the same crew, Shaitar and Bassoff, but with a different numbered car and a different entrant as well, so they can't count that one at Le Mans. But as you say, yes, Mentos Racing, certainly not out of it with one race to go. And Gerard Neveu and 
Fion of the ACO will be very happy indeed in the inaugural season of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup to see that it's going down to the wire. There's one more two-hour race to come on the Saturday night uh, across the weekend in about a month's time at Estoril. It's a 20-point gap now going into the final race in the Drivers' Championship. So the Ferrari drivers, the Russian pairing, Shaitan Basov done themselves a mighty favour there and come mighty close to cl clinching that title. Yeah, but they're going to have to wait around about four weeks. They are. Before... And two hours. <laughs> and two hours indeed, yes. Uh, and uh, to, a, to a point where we get to Estoril in Portugal to compete over the, uh, that two hours on the Saturday night, the final round of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup, which will decide not only where the Drivers' Championship goes for this inaugural season, but also the teams as well. And in no small part, the dramas for the McLaren have kept that uh, as, as open as it is by just a few more points going the way of the Aston Martin team. That has helped the drama the final round, I'm sure. And they'd be quite right, Rookie. And uh, Adrian would not see it that way. So, date for your diary is the 22nd of October, which is the final round at Altodromo de Estoril for the four hours of Estoril for the ENMS race, that is. But of course, the two hours for the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Klaus Backler quickly into conversation with the GDO Perfetti. He looks frustrated saying, actually. I have, I have tried my absolute best to catch that Ferrari and it came within 0.7 of a second of it but there was just no opportunity to get any closer than that, no opportunity to try and overtake and there'll be a warm handshake here between Victor Scheiter and Klaus Backler I'm sure. He did enjoy that. Yeah, he did. The, the, the irony is that actually being as close as he was where he was in the circuit didn't do him a favour because it meant that his entry into a Rouge and up to the Radion was slightly compromised. Mm -hmm. So actually, he lost uh, the sorry the um, the Ferrari lost less time to the Porsche than on any other lap that I've seen when they were closest together. Yes, and you really need um, that sort of jettison out of O Rouge and through Radion to give you the drag down the Campbell Strait. But they fended them off. SMP racing with another victory. Let's hear from the two drivers with Charlie George. Yeah, I'm down here with Victor Scheiter. Victor, another win for SMP racing, but that one wasn't easy. I don't know. We just do the, try to do the good job. Uh, yesterday we have a little uh, problem in the car, but after we change it up and find something new, and the car was uh, very good because today morning in qualification Alex did a good job. He did a fantastic lap time uh, and uh, win pole, pole position. Uh, he did uh, his thing very well after <laughs> we changed drive I. And you know, everything was perfect, uh, but to the end, I think uh, I have uh, some problem from, uh, I think, uh, rear, rear right tire. I think uh, my pressure down because car start move sliding. Klaus was, uh, Klaus <laughs> was very fast, very close, and I just try to concentrate and don't get any mistake, and we can win. I'm happy about it. Now we have a more big gap for the championship. We have one more race, and we'll fight for the win. Thank you very much.
Катюха, привет. Thank you, Victor. Always fun. But uh, a very informative chat there with Victor. Yes. He was in trouble. Yes, agreed. And, well, you spotted it, that the, the car just became a little bit more wayward in the last 15 minutes or so and sensed a real right tyre pressure issue. So, unlike the McLaren that we now see in the middle of the shot for Adrian Quave hobbs which was a rear left tyre starting to delaminate, not to... Uh, lose pressure and to start to go down that wasn't a slow puncture that was just the tire uh, having been used too much and uh, to uh, too too uh, too much of a rate i suppose um so yes the problems there for the 51 ferrari and the 66 lamborghini huracan they clashed at eau rouge on only lap two and sadly at that point we were down from 12 cars to only 10 and subsequently we would lose the aston martin the number 90 car as well to the pit lane because of a clutch related issue which was an unusual problem for a GT3 car. That was a fabulous overtake from Alexi Bassoff which you could argue won the two guys the race both Victor Scheitar and Alexi Bassoff but Bassoff, sorry Scheitar at that point was a mere spectator and will have been geeing on Bassoff to pull off that manoeuvre around the outside of Hiroshi Hamaguchi that was Adrian Delina with an overtake at the end of the Kemmel straight. Sally Yollock overshot his pit box as he came down the lane and the 55 McLaren needing to have the rear left tyre attended to. Almost down to the canvas there as you can see and but the tyre still inflated strangely enough. Ewan Hankley, Hankey, a sign of how hard he was pushing with the front brake disc glowing in the gloom and we are at complete, well, almost complete darkness now here at Spa. We've into the gloaming and 20 to 8 local time. A good Saturday night affair, that, which kept us guessing till the very last page. And Sergei Slobin, his celebration is uh, something to uh, witness. A real love for this sport. Races himself, of course, but was willing the 72 car across the line after 49 laps. 0 0.722 of a second. You'll take that after two hours of racing, Graham. Yeah, you most certainly will. And that was entertaining stuff from, well, to be honest with you, much of the field, but in particular those uh, top three cars in the last uh, 45 minutes or so, they were just nibbling away, nibbling away. And, you know, it's, it's always good to get confirmation that there was a minor issue there, but to fight mm. with that minor issue is no mean feat. That was an excellent drive from Victor Scheitar. Brilliant stuff from Klaus Backler at the end there. And uh, well, credit too as well to Adrian Quave-Hobbs, who really kept that race alive and uh, got the McLaren back into it. Um, just a shame they couldn't turn that car around quickly enough uh, that he could uh, retain any kind of hope whatsoever of... A podium, but uh, that's helped Adrian Quaife, uh, sorry, Ewan Hankey and Sally Yulluk to stay in the fight. Yeah, they, and um, sadly for Adrian Quaife-Hobbs and his teammate Hiroshi Hamaguchi, they just missed out on a fourth place finish on that recovery drive. So, to the podium, it'll be Ewan Hankey and Sally Yulluk to finish in third position. To the second step, Klaus Backler and Igidio Perfetti for the Mentos racing crew and their Porsche. But another win for the SMP racing duo of Victor Scheitar and Alex Bassoff after a thoroughly impressive opening stint. Three bottles of champagne you can see sitting on the top step of the podium because there'll be one for one of the crew as well from SMP racing stroke AF Corsa. 
good to see Amato Ferrari with a big grin on his face as well after another victory. Here is the national anthem of the winning team. Alex Bassoff and Victor Scheitar joined by Sergei Slobin on the top step of the podium and now the presentations will be made then with a champagne bottle each to Ewan Hankey and Sally Yollock, winners at Silverstone, sorry at Imola rather, the opening round and the inaugural round of the Michelin GT3 Le Mans Cup. Smart trophies for those two drivers as well and they will be presented now. <laughs> Sergei Slobin, an early starter there trying to get the cork at least semi-released from the bottle so that he can no doubt cover his teammates in bubbly in a moment or two's time belgian national colors on the trophies so big grin there from klaus Beckler and igidio perfetti they tried absolutely everything to get in front of those two chaps to their left but it wasn't quite good enough and Victor Scheitar and Alexi Bassoff with the thumbs up there with another first place trophy to take home with them back to Russia. Sergei Slobin having got the catch off that uh, bottle. I think he was Maybe he did. Well, I mean, he was probably the most stressed of anyone <laughs> down in the garage. And there is uh, how the points lie then once you've added the latest uh, accumulation to the points. It's 21 because, because there was the one for. Uh, pole for, position as well. Yes, you get a point for fastest for uh, pole position rather, and then the 25 takes them to 103 points. Klaus Beckler and Didier Perfetti not quite in the championship hunt after that, and many of those drivers, although Santa Marto and K Roll straight up into 15th position with their 12 points each. Sadly, Mark Poole and Richard Abra did not score after clashing with Thomas Fleur at uh, Eau Rouge corner a number of drivers though have taken part in this championship most of these guys were at the road to Le Mans events across the weekend of the 24 hours of Le Mans in June so well, it will go down to the final round I'm pleased to say well, it's go. four weeks time and here is how the uh, team's championship is looking TF Sport with 82 points they lead by four from SMP Racing again an extra point for pole position Mentos Racing eight points adrift in third and Triple F Racing despite their fifth place finish in that managed to get 46 points my thanks to Graham Goodwin from Johnny Palmer here at Spa it's good night this program is a Radio Show Limited production tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com